Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It is going to be an incredible evening tonight. I am really excited. I've needed this. It's been a really crazy, crazy week for me, and uh, this is kind of my chill-out time, my stop and, and breathe in and exhale and and ref- refill my my engines, you know, just that that deep part of me, you know, with with your poetry, with being able to spend time with you, with, you know, just with all of this. So uh, this is my recharge time. I get to slow down and, and actually <sighs> smile. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a great night. So want to do some things before we get started here. All righty. Um, first of all, if you want to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. And uh, go ahead and get called in, get in the queue. We'll be getting to our callers in just a moment. But before we do, I have some announcements real quick. If you are not... Uh, taking part in our worldwide poetry project, Rock That Poem. You can find out what's going on and do so by uh, checking out our Facebook group page, which is facebook.com forward slash rock that poem forward slash, or no, forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. (laughs) Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. It's a real fun, exciting way to uh, get poetry out there in the hands of the world. It can be your favorite poem, poet, verse, your poetry, whatever. Uh, Just check it out. It's easy as rock, paper, scissors, add some glue, and you're good to go. So facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem. Next thing, if you're interested in doing a writing workshop with us, shoot me over a message. Uh, You can uh, send me a message on Facebook if you'd like. It's under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia. A-L-I-S-I-A, all righty. Let me know what you'd like to put together. We can do these anywhere from 30 minutes to about three hours, so you know, just get started and keep going until you're done, and, and uh, we'll be able to put that on anywhere, half hour to three, uh, to three hours. We can do these live or pre-recorded, or a combination of both, uh, depending on what you want to do and what fits your needs. And then remember that, I mean, you don't have to be a professional workshop provider, by the way, to do these. The whole concept is just to be able to spend a little bit more intimate time with each other than we're allowed to do here each week. All righty. And, you know, you can do it on a, a type of poetry. You could do a workshop on... Uh, poetry form on an era of poetry, talk about a certain poet, um, whatever it is you want to put together. Or you can walk us through an actual step-by-step process of creating a poem, do, do an actual workshop or exercise. It would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, get a hold of me, Nyla.Alicia, on Facebook. Let me know what you want to put together, and we can do that. It will be amazing. I want to thank Star Sevron and James 
One Sapien and Roy Murdoch for sponsoring the show, keeping us on our three-hour license this year. Thank you guys very much. And then every week before the show, before we get started with the callers, I've been giving out writing prompts and writing exercises, okay? And I think that's really important, maybe, you know, just to inspire us a little bit, uh, you know, get us going each week, give us something to focus on each week. We have to use that creative side of our brain or it goes quiet on us. So I hope these things help you do that. What I'd like to do first is talk to you about, um, and actually uh, the prompt that I'm going to give later after I give you your exercise, the prompt I'm going to give you need to write these down. So grab while I'm while I'm giving you the exercise, uh, grab a paper and a pencil so you can write down this week's prompt because it's a three-part prompt. Okay, and the exercise I'm giving out this week is actually uh, kind of different. Um, well, you understand anyway. So the exercise I'm giving out this week, I'm going to be doing it on editing. Okay, and I know that that's kind of weird for some of you guys, and and you know, but you know, say okay, so we're we're getting our words down on the page, um, but we write a poem and we think it might need you know tightened up just a little bit, or you know, you might want to, you know, you're not sure it says quite this the right thing. You might want to practice some editing. Now I know, okay, there we're back to it. No, don't panic. Okay. I know that the word edit can make some of you like break out in hives, and it can be a scary thing, but it really shouldn't be, okay? In fact, it should be your best friend. I'll be doing a workshop on editing coming up here pretty quick where I'll be getting into a lot more detail on it, but for now, um, I'm going to do this exercise to just kind of ease you into the subject. You know, I hear all the time from writers that I just let it flow and I never edit, and this is exactly how it is. And if, if and if that's what you do, that's fine. Um, you're writing your way, period. However, with that said, <laughs> I would not be me if I didn't say that because I don't, you know, when you say period, I don't care. There's always going to be but or a however, and you know, maybe. Okay, because it's when outside of when it's when we're out of our comfort zones that we grow. Um, so keep that in mind. Okay, so even if you're not someone who edits, I want you to think about editing, and it's very very important with your work. So to keep some of you from having a heart attack, I want to do this. Okay, let's work on improving your writing by having you edit someone else's poem, okay? And, you know, just pick out a poem. But when you do this exercise, don't do this exercise and then send the poem back to the person whose poem you did this to, okay? Because you, you, that could be bad. That could be bad. People don't like that. Um, <laughs> don't edit my work. We'll see, we're all that way. Anyway, um, so just I'm, I just want you to, you know, pick a poem, but, you know, don't send the people your edits. That's not cool. Anyway, so one way that I've found to help people get better at editing their work is to have them edit someone else someone else's works. Because sometimes and I I've done editing for people. You know, you can ask Andrew Scott. Um I've done editing for people and it's a real, real sensitive thing. Man, we don't like people messing with our words. All right. Um so 
it's, it's yeah. So it's it's kind of hard, you know, when, when we think about editing our own work. But what I found is it's easier to edit other people's work. Um, sometimes it's you know take a step back from your own writing, uh, so that you're not you don't have that. What is it I'm trying to say? You don't have that emotional attachment to the poem. Okay, when when it starts you start doing the editing process on it, it's not your baby. Okay. So anyway, you know what I'm saying. So, and then what I want to do is there are, oh, my little AI over there is trying to talk to me. Um, What I want to do is have you edit that poem. All right. Go through it line by line. And it's better to, guys, it's better to pick out a poem from somebody you don't know because then you're not trying to picture that person who you know and what they're trying to say and edit it that way. It's just go out on go on to Google, okay, and go to any public poetry site and uh just grab a poem and I want you to read through it once. And then I want you to go back through the poem and think for ways that you can improve it or or clean it up or make it say you know, just polish it a little, I guess. All right? So one of the things I want you to look for when you're doing this is spelling or grammatical errors. Um, this one is a big one for me. I always do this. You know, I'm not one of those people who say I never edit. I edit because I'm horrible at this. And they need to go. And that's unnecessary words. That The words that I call, they're just filler words. They don't add anything to the sentence. Words like the, and, it, or, but. You know, often when you remove them from a sentence, it sounds much better. Okay, so looking for unnecessary words. Look for long sentences that can be split up and shortened. A long sentence uh, can sometimes lose the power of focus by trying to say too much at once. By splitting the run-on sentence, you're able to give each idea, topic, or subject the power and focus um, and and the highlight it deserves. The next thing I want you to look for is confusing or vague points. Um, Same concept, but in in reverse. You know, what could be added to make something weak uh, stand out as a, a stronger PowerPoint, okay? Give it more emotional impact. So are things too confusing or vague? Uh, is there anything that you can add by formatting uh, to improve the clarity? And five and six, these last two, actually kind of run on together. So number six, um, and I'll be doing a workshop just on this alone, and that's punctuation. You know, punctuation should be a poet's best friend. Punctuation is as important to a poem as the words are, all right, because that is your that is your silent soundtrack to your poem. That is your the, the roadmap to the reader, to understanding what you're trying to say. You have to use that punctuation to get that pause, to get that quickening, to get the exclamation, to get the softness of. You have to tell the reader what to do. And by using your punctuation, you're able to pace that reader and give each word, each thought, each idea, the power that it needs. The, the emotion that you want it to have, okay? The number five, the way that ties in, is the only time that there's really an exception to that rule is where formatting can be used that way. So, you know, the the way you do your line breaks on the poem, uh, the way that you format on the page, the stanzas, the, 
this, you know, so how how you break up the lines on the page, you can use those for punctuation, with the and replacement for punctuation is what I'm trying to say. So anyway, that's the exercise this week. I want you to grab someone's poem, throw it into your uh, word editing program, and go through it and edit it and look at things that you might change. Words that even even look at the words, words that you know may be a common word that could be, you know. Uh, and this is when you get into the meat and potatoes. Everything else was just, you know, this, this is the this is the hard part for, pe- part for people. But find a word, um, you know, that that may be a better usage, or not as common, or not as, you know, look for some, a surprising thing to pop in there. Um, by doing this, you guys, it's really important. Editing is really important. Editing your work is really important. I don't. I'm really sorry. I love all of you, and however you write is fine. You know, but nobody does something perfect the first time. There's always a way to improve it. You know, whether it be punctuation, whether it be, you know, whether words used in the in the correct way, um, all of that. You know, so have fun doing this. Look at the way you're doing it, because then even if you don't go back and edit ever, it's going to make you write differently by being aware of what should be or what would be edited had were you to go back and do that. It's going to make you write differently. So even if you never want to edit your work, do this because it's going to help you. There, I said it. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do the writing prompt. The writing prompt is designed to actually, the first one's an exercise. It's just something to make you, to push you a little. The prompt is a is to actually um help you produce a poem it's a seed of thought you know and hopefully it'll take root and in some fashion grow it can be you know the well i'll explain more when i give the thing but it can be you know it's just a prompt is meant to grow a poem so that's what we do those for the other one's just an exercise so for may what i've been doing is i'm giving out song titles as prompts and i'll be giving three song titles every week all right, every week for the month of May, you get three song titles. Now these are, like I said, that's th- blowing three seeds into the wind. That can be those can be the the concept of your poem. Uh, they can be uh, the uh, the title. It can be a line in your poem. If you use all three titles in your poem, you get extra super cool points for doing that. But you don't have to just however it is, you know. Um, last week, the first title we gave was She Talks to Rainbows and Small Flowers Crack Concrete and Macho Insecurity. Those were last week's titles. This week's titles, okay, get your pens and papers ready. This week's titles, the titles are Life on Mars. That's a David Bowie song, so Life on Mars. The next one is Where, Deagle, where, <laughs> where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare, that's Iron Maiden, and Back From Hell, Back From Hell, and that's run uh, DMC. All right, so those are your title prompts for this week. And uh, if you missed any of them, remember we do have all these in the archives, you guys, so you can go back and get any of the exercises or any of the prompts. If you get stuck one night and think, hmm, just pick a random week and Listen to the opening of the show, and you'll have your exercise or a prompt to play with. All righty. So now, with that said, 
what I would like to do now because it's about time to get ready to the, for the callers. But every single week, we always start the show and end the show with an audio track. And if we get a chance to play any during the uh, during the program, we do. Uh, but we always start and end the episode with a track. If you're a recording artist and you'd like to have those put into the show's uh, audio library so we can play those on the air, you can email them to me at the word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, all right? Put MP3, audio track, something like that in the subject line, and uh, that way we can see it in there and it gets uploaded to the show and we'll be good to go. That'll be awesome. All right, so the track that I picked out this week is by Savannah Brown, and it is called Skinny Girls Bleed Flowers. All right, here we go. These are not monsters. There are no monsters here. These feel like love. And when they creep inside you, it's like something once missing is finally coming home. How could a monster make such pretty girls? Pretty girls, pretty skinny girls. They look like everything that is wonderful about being alive. Like vodka diet cokes and pictures of hip bones at the beach, and all I've eaten for the past three days is my own fingernails, and these monsters, not monsters, can make you pretty too. You'll learn to make jokes about why you're slicing the five strawberries you brought for lunch and breakfast and dinner into 25 pieces, lifting the morsels from perfectly folded napkin with delicate, crackling fingers to hesitant tongue. And when the jokes get too cumbersome and taste too much like nourishment, like letting go, like happiness, learn to put an end to lunch. Forget what it means, and by the end of your last year of high school, you'll know every spot in the building where no one will ask where your friends are and why you look so tired. The monsters, not monsters, will share their secrets. You'll learn that needle-thin bones, when crushed into a fine paste and stirred into the twenty glasses of water you were going to drink today, taste like lemonade. And you can have a sip for only the cost of the rest of your life spent worshipping the feeling of hollow, searching up number and number and dead girl and number, you too can spend the rest of the day smelling of what you just had to scrub off the bathroom floor. Go, they'll say, outstretching manicured hands, bottle cap wrists, memorize menus, and all the lies you can tell, spend hours at the grocery store counting. Fifty, one hundred, two hundred, no more than three, or else suddenly your thighs begin to inflate like the balloons from all the birthday parties you couldn't go to. You will learn to avoid celebration, because celebration means food. You will spend Christmas Day fantasizing about burying your dissolving teeth into your knuckles until your heart stops. The not monsters will feed you your first cigarette and your second, and your tenth. They will leave your once shiny hair in a clump on your pillowcase just for you. And when your body gets too weak, it starts to crumble. But where sick breaks skin, sunflowers will grow. 
An entire garden will force itself from your empty stomach, billowing out your mouth and you'll choke, but you'll be happy because at least you're not eating. You'll decompose until you cannot be differentiated from all the skeletons that have been living in your closet. Don't you wish you could shrink? Don't you wish you could have that control? Don't you wish you could make your mom cry because she just doesn't get why you do this? You don't get why you do this. You're smart, but you just Googled how many calories are in toothpaste. The pretty girls. Pretty girls, pretty skinny girls, pretty dying girls, pretty dead girls. The parasite can be restrained but not destroyed. But no matter, it is a beautiful thing to be made of porcelain. The picture of your hip bones at the beach was worth it. That is absolutely an incredible, incredible piece by Savannah Brown. And when I talk about, when I was talking about earlier in editing, you know, are there things, longer sentences you can cut down to make into you know, make that sentence a PowerPoint that it deserves, you know, or are your ideas getting lost inside each other because they are, you know, too intermingled, you know, reading or listening to that piece by her, going back and reading it, um, you, you'll really understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the impact of a sentence, you know, about being concise um, in what you're saying. So just absolutely great piece by her. Savannah Brown, check her out. She is on YouTube, and you can listen to her there as well. All righty. Now, poets, it is time to take callers. So once again, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. And when you call in, you'll have instructions on how to get into the queue for the night. I want to let you know that I do take orders or callers orders. I take orders in the callers that you call in. Okay, that's backwards. I take I take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. 731 is going to be followed by uh, 540 and 734. So those will be our first three callers tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, this is very important, please. Make sure that you tell everyone who you are. Even though I may know there's going to be people listening tonight for the first time, people listening for the first time six months from now when they catch a show in the archives, that's not going to know. So it's really important to tell you, tell people who uh, who is reading and as well as having your name attached to your work. You know, you want to make sure. You know, that's. I'll get into that later. Oh, that would have been so bad. Um, it's important to have your name attached to your work. And uh, so make sure that you tell us who you are. Someone's going to ask me about that tonight, and I'm going to have to tell you what I was going to say, and then I'll, then I'll just, then you'll, then you'll know the rest of the story. Anyway, so, yeah, introduce yourself. It's polite. You know, when someone would call my house and ask for me as a kid, if they didn't say, hello, this is Ronnie. May I talk to Nyla, please? My dad would hang up. So, yeah. Good thing he's not here, and I don't hang up on you. All right, so, yeah, order that you call in. Um, when you come on, we are looking at the phone lines tonight. 
we're pretty full tonight, so we're going to be doing one read. You can do one poem. Keep it right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you, okay? The only exception to this one-poem rule um, where you can actually read two poems if you like, and that's if you've done your homework. So your writing prompt, your exercise, the homework I may give you uh, when you call in. Uh, if you do your homework, then you can read the second piece. That's, that means your teacher's patent, you know, so you get to do whatever you want. So you can read one poem tonight unless you brought your homework, and then you can read two poems, your homework and some something else. When you're done reading, make sure you give us your URL. That will be important so people can come over and visit you and get to know you and your work better before you come back here next week and read. Alrighty, And then please keep in mind that we are a mature-rated show. That means just about anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica. The whole tab A into slot B, um, you know, all all of that, no. Um, well, don't get too graphic, please. The surreal is fine, but we don't want to lose our rating. So, you know, anything but word porn and you're good to go. All right. So, once again, I'm going to give you the first three colors. We have 731540 and 734. Those are going to be our first three callers. And uh, I want to let area code 202 know that you are not in the lineup. So, 202, if you want to read tonight, please press 1 on your phone. I don't want you sitting there the whole night and me not bring you on. Uh, if you're here just listening, that's awesome. Great. Glad you're here. And if you change your mind at any time, 202, you can press 1, and that will put you in the lineup, and I'll bring you on the show. Otherwise, I'll just let you hang out there. All righty. So with that said, you guys, let's go ahead and bring on our first caller, area code 731. You are on the air. Good afternoon, Nyla. This is Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. <laughs> hey, Michael. How are you, sweetheart? Did I do that right? You did that perfectly right. Well... One thing I'm not doing right, so I don't have a poem, but I do have something I can read because I did a little prose thing for Blogophilia this week, and it's brand uh-huh. new, so I can do that. So Okay. Uh, anyway, I, I sent you a message asking that, okay, and I never heard from you, so I just assumed it was. <laughs> so there. Um, the the uh, assignment this week was for Marvin Marshall, of course, of Blogophilia, and it's it's called TMI, and in parentheses says too much information. That's what TMI stands for. So, you ready? I am. All right. I'll let you know when I'm done. There's a couple of times I I have to stop and catch my breath. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. TMI. Too much information. Have you ever seen a face in camouflage? I have, and it is nothing but get down spooky. Most folks see faces in clouds or paisley couch covers, but leave it to me to have a fella bend over in a duck blind, and there he is, Mr. Delfer, my shop teacher from ninth grade, and he don't look happy. That is where I first saw camouflage up close and personal. It was the first day I went duck hunting. I was hunkered down in an aluminum boat, and my brother steady scolded me to be still and be quiet and don't show my moon face. And all I wanted was to take a look. And when I heard a big whoosh in the air, I looked up. And son of a gun, I said out loud, they can fly. Well, fly they did, right on into the woods. But some more came back, and they shot some and some they didn't. And Howard said to me, man, you need to shoot one of those ducks. 
And I allowed, I didn't really want to hurt them. But then he told me, they're carnivorous. They're carnivorous. They eat their young. Well, that's all I needed to know. The next bunch was one duck all by itself. And my brother and Howard told me to take it. That meant shoot it. So I did, and I dropped it with one shot. Okay, it was the third shot, but technically I hit it with one shot. It splashed down not far from the boat, and my brother hopped out of the boat because he was wearing hip boots, and the water was only a foot deep or so. Well, he made it out to that mallard and turned around, and he was cheering me to beat all get out, and the closer he got, he really was not cheering me at all. It seemed the first duck I had shot had a band on its leg, and that's a big deal to a duck hunter, something that's cause for celebration. I looked at Howard, and he just shook his head in disgust and said, man. My brother was muttering stuff, too, but it was a little more drawn out. He said man, but he called me a lot of other names, too, but he didn't mean no harm in it. Anyway, it was all I could do to not get tickled, especially when he got back in the boat and spun around and sat on Mr. Delfer. How come is it that all refrigerators are silver or white now? I swear, some of those look like they just landed from the moon or space somewhere. I remember one time we had a green one that was called avocado and a yellow one that was called yellow, and we were set. Back then, I worked at a meatpacking plant, and we killed hogs and processed them. You know, there's not much of a hog that's not used for something. Hogs really are important. I never managed much seniority there at the meatpacking house, so I bounced around from job to job. Mondays and Fridays were good days for me to work because those were the days people missed work the most. My best job, believe it or not, was making bologna. You had to be real fast to get that red bag in place before the bologna, which was really kind of similar to baby dude, where it squirted. Well, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Oh, yeah, the worst job they gave me at the meat packing plant was lard rendering. Whenever I would do that, on occasional days, I cleaned chitlins. Yes, I know it's not spelled like it sounds. Those days, wifey would make me get undressed on the back porch because of the smell. It didn't bother me because I was used to it, but it must have been bad because even the dog would not approach me. Have you ever seen someone try to mount a water cooler for the first time? Good gosh, that is awkward. I probably should have kept that to myself. In peace. Wow. That was absolutely freaking incredible. I'm not in trouble. Are you in trouble? Yeah. No, you're not in trouble. Why would you be in trouble? Because it didn't rhyme. Because what? Because it didn't rhyme. It doesn't, poems don't have to rhyme. I believe you. I'm good with that. <laughs> that, that was phenomenal. I mean, if, if part of it, I have this whole underlying, there, there's part of it was very unsettling to me, listening to that, listening to, it was very, it left me kind of scared. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't want to see this guy come up to my house with, with freezer paper. Mm. Well. So much of it is, you know, some of that's true, actually. Oh, yeah? You know, I'm just playing with you, right? Some of it's true, really. I did actually work at a drama real meatpacking 
for about a year and a half. Oh, place that's cold. pretty. That's anyway. pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I would the, want uh, the bones. Yeah, if if I might, I'll explain the last part because it's probably been some folks think. The part okay. said, have you ever seen someone try to mount a water cooler? Everyone has seen a water cooler in a business place or whatever. It's a metal stand. It's refrigerated. You put little snow cone cups under it, and the top mm-hmm. part's like a five-gallon blue bottle of water. But you got to tear the top off of it, and you got to turn it 180 degrees and make it fit in a hole upside down. <laughs> and the people that do it first try to do it all at one time, and you can't do that. you got to do it like... 90 degrees, let it settle, then do another 90. You're going to spill a few drops. But the people who do it for the first time generally don't have much success. Kind of comical to watch, really. <laughs> That's awesome. Fantastic job, Michael, as always. Well, thanks. Thank you very you, much. You are welcome very much. Right. What information are you giving out tonight? Uh, I do actually have a civilized poetry page. That's MikeTodd.blogspot.com, and it's Mike spelled in Y K E T O D D. So yeah, I get a little more serious over there. <laughs> hey, I haven't, I haven't written any stuff like this in years. I used to do it all a lot back in that MySpace place, but it's really not a place for it here. Although this. This did go kind of okay on the Facebook. It's you, you know, you talk about you made joke about it not rhyming and all this stuff, and and uh, you know, there, there's always a place for that. There's always not the rhyming part. I'm the poem you just wrote. You know, it it was fun. It was amazing. You know, you should share Bottom all line, of it. If you're happy, I'm happy. I'm Good happy. Night. Good. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later in the week, maybe, or next week, sometime. All right, Michael. Thank you so much, honey. All right. Bye bye. Bye, sweetheart. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code five four zero five four zero. You're on the air. Hey, this is Philip Church down in Virginia. Hey, how you doing, Philip? Honor. Doing pretty good. I uh, I'm gonna get a gold star again because I did my homework. <laughs> Yay! You may recall that I uh, was told that I had to write a poem about my mom's lipstick. Yes, I did give you that homework. Now, being someone who likes to rhyme all of his poems, and was even told by. Uh, I guess an English major that read my stuff a couple of years back at the university in West Virginia that my style was arcane. Um, it's there's not much that rhymes when there's not much good that rhymes with lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That's um, that that had to have been fun with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a lot of, like, Sunday dinner, I got a lot of of uh, suggestions, you know, about dipstick and slapstick and you name it. But but I, I've, I've got that one. If you would like to hear it, I'm ready to go. I would love to. 
Okay, for my gold star this week, and I get to read this one and then my other poem, right? Yes, you do. Okay, Mom's Lipstick. Though in her 70s, no matter where my mother goes, near or far, she still checks her look and puts lipstick on before getting out of the car. It isn't done out of vanity or conceit, and not for making her life station. It's simply a mannerism among the southern-bred ladies of her generation. And like so many other steel magnolias with the help of Max Factor and Revlon, she learned to face life's revelries and tragedies by always putting her best face on. My mother came up in the epoch of sock hops, soda shops, and poodle skirts. Wed her high school sweetheart for a life of love, happiness, and some hurts. In this man's macho world of cowboying up and putting on your game face, she was a mom, a journalist, and an artist, always refusing to know her place. Even now, she cooks, cleans, and takes care of her man and kin, dusk till dawn, living a good, full life, and still won't get out of the car before checking her look in, putting her lipstick on. In poem. Have you read that to her yet? No, when she hears the recording of this, uh, this will be the first time she would have heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and was so awesome. What an awesome, that's going to be such a neat Mother's Day present to her. Because, you know, that really tells uh, about the woman that raised you. You know, it tells us about why you are, you know, the person you are. You know, the 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 grace and class and and all of that that you walk through life with. You know, she she had a hand in that. And so it makes us understand who she was as a mother and appreciate her. I think it's perfect for Mother's Day, first of all, so I'm glad you did that. But, you know, kudos to your mom. You know, it's like I said, when you read that line in your poem last week, the reason I gave you that homework is there's not a one of us who didn't know that mom, that, that, that mom, you know, that always looked good, that always looked, you know, was together and... You know the, you know we all knew that mom, you know, and we all oh, yeah. loved that mom, and so yeah, you know what I'm saying. So happy oh, Mother's Day, Phillips mom. We love you. Well, and I've got another Mother's Day thing. The poem I wanted to read tonight, I wrote for her, um, and uh, but I want to dedicate this one, you know, to all moms. But because Mother's Day is coming up, I decided to uh, to read this one as well. And, um, you know, I got to just before I get into it, you're, you, you have no idea what my mom and my dad have had to deal with just trying to get me through this life to where I am now. And uh, you, you, you could not ask for stronger, better, more loving parents than what I was blessed to have, you know. But this is called uh, For Mom You brought me into this world And gave my life to me And held me as your treasure Dreaming of what I'd be You saw to each and every need Fed me and quenched my thirst You loved me at my gleaming best And you loved me at my worst 
You fretted and worried when I was sick, staying up all through the night, and always had a healing touch seems no one else could get just right. You spent so many of those sleepless nights, and you shed so many tears, and you always gave me caring hugs that I've depended on for years. You dismissed all the bad things I did, just always hoping for the best, and always came running to my side when life was too much of a test. You grieved when I learned hard lessons while holding back your hand, but you were willing to fight the devil himself if you had to make a stand. You're the one whose voice sings to me, no matter where I might roam. You are my beloved mother, the very meaning of the word home. End point. You know, it almost made me cry. Uh, it gets me every time, too. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had the, I did not have a real good upbringing. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that part. But I have recently uh, enjoyed in my life uh, a friend whose family I've had a chance to get to know and have learned through them, through the example of watching them with their children and everything, what a good family is really about. You know, so I really, I don't know it, but I've seen it. And and it's like, you know, it's it's, it's like that you, when you talked in your poem about, you know, your mom being one who put on the lipstick. To me, that was a symbol of that perfect life out there and it's never perfect but you know what i mean you know a parent who engages with their child who you know who does all of that you know to me it was you know that awe that i felt when i saw that type of family that type of mom you know that type of you know relationship between a parent and a child and it just you know so i think that's maybe why that line stuck out for me so much in your poem and why, you know, the emotional impact of what you just read had on me. Um, because you don't know, when you when you don't have a good upbringing, you don't know what you're really missing. But then when you see it and you know, it makes you appreciate it so much more. I mean, it, it's almost incomprehensible, you know. So to hear that poem and to know that um, was just awesome. And, you know, again... You know, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. All happy moms. Mother's Day. All moms. All, all, all moms, yeah. But especially yeah. the types of moms in that poem. Thank you, Mom. Okay, Philip, <laughs> Church, who we love very much because you're awesome and amazing. And obviously we're raised correctly by an amazing mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you really are appreciated here, and you know, if you're going to have your mom listen to that, I want you, you know, I want her to know that too. We really enjoy this man, and and you know, his talent and support and friendship to all the poets here just means the world. The time that he's been here with our family, so we appreciate your kid. Thanks, mom. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, I appreciate that. And hey, y'all can find me on Facebook, Philip One L Church. <laughs> Just look me up and send me a friend request. More the merrier. Awesome. All right, sweetie. If you want to read again, just press one out of the lineup and press one again. And I'll put you back in. All righty. 
I appreciate it. And if nothing else, I'll be <laughs> talking to you next week. All right, Philip. Thank you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 734. After 734, we will have 989 and 419. So right now, 734, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Dennis White from Michigan. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, been a good week, and uh, it's all good. Very, very awesome. You know, you're you're always like this, this, this. You know, when when it's been winter and someone opens the door, and in through the door is, is this what I call the cool breeze. That's the yeah. the first taste when you when the the first breeze, cool breeze comes in, and you can taste green in it. That oh yes, you're that breeze. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> well, spring affects us all, and. That's what I'm uh, sharing a poem about uh, this evening. The title of the poem is Meeting Place, and it's, and it's written in the quatern form. Under, under the shuro fuju blooms, the gentle scent surrounds this space. Intoxicating are these fumes. I look for joy. Upon your face. This is the place we often meet under the Shiro Fuju blooms, away from city traffic beat, as tranquil as an honored tomb. Trusses cascade in lovely plumes, hummingbirds hover in mid flight. Under the Shiru Fuju blooms, sunbeams filtered in opaque light. These rendezvous are always sweet. Our time together quickly zooms. We share the flame of passion's heat under the Shiru Fuju blooms. In the poem. That was awesome. You really enjoy writing in poetry forms, don't you? I do enjoy forms because forms are challenging, and you have to you have to work it. You know, you just don't throw it out there. It's, it has to fit. It's like a puzzle. Oh well, a form is like a recipe. You have to have the ingredients, and it has to be mixed properly. And it, it like I say, it is a challenge, and it's and it's very. Uh, feels real good when you do it right and you come up with a, something something that works. So, yes, I, li- I like form poetry. <laughs> I, I love that when you, you know, because a, a lot of people, when they come on and read, um, you know, you, I, I like that you tell us, you know, I wrote this in this form. Because a lot of times people are afraid of writing in poetry forms. I was one of those people for a long time because I'm horrible with numbers. Um, I have new uh, uh, numbers dyslexia. I said it's, it's just, they don't make sense to my brain, but words do, letters do, you know. And so when I would yeah. sit there and try to think about writing in a form, all I could see was numbers. And I love that you use the example that all they are are puzzles, because when one year I challenged myself that um, every month I had to learn and write two new forms, 
that I'd never written before. And uh, what really clicked for me was their, their word puzzles. I stopped seeing the math and started to see a word puzzle, and it, may, it was just it was awesome. So I love that you say that because by saying what you're reading, I think for a lot of us it diffuses the fear of doing it. Does that make sense? Because like, oh, hey, it's, it's more fun. we know him. Yeah. He did one. I can try one. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I want to be cool it's like cool. Dennis. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> uh, I, I prefer to think of them as recipes with myself. You just mm-hmm. gathering the ingredients. You mix them up uh, as as uh, you follow directions. Mix it up, and it turns out. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, recipes aren't, aren't intimidating, at least not to me. Uh, what they, is they it? That, you, why am I picturing that Bob Ross right now saying, there's never mistakes, only happy accidents? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like Bob Ross too. Yeah, <laughs> he he had a lot of wisdom going on. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Just gonna beat the devil out of it, and everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's always fun beating that devil. Yep. You're and, welcome, uh, Dennis. I've I've spent enough time, and it's time to move on. But. Uh, Anybody wanting to read any of my work, uh, you can find my writings uh, tucked away at allpoetry.com, and I write under the name of Haiku Bless You. And uh, uh, give it a look, and uh, let me know if uh, if it's something uh, you like if you, or if it's something you don't like. I, I'm always open to constructive criticism, and that way I can grow as a poet, too, so... Uh, thank you very much. I'm going to move on. Let the next poet step up to the mic. I'm going to say, God bless. <laughs> thank you so much, Dennis. God bless you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code nine eight nine nine eight nine. You're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey. This this is George Wiley. How are you doing, hey. Mr. George? It is great to hey. hear from you. Well, thank you. I am just doing peachy um, outside most of the time lately and busy as hell, a lot, a lot of stuff. But, um, you know, spring, I'm a dentist, Dennis lives in the same county I do. And mm-hmm. uh, so um, we, uh, you know, uh, share stories about things like the weather and all the rest. But, but uh, yeah, things are good. I, can't, I really can't complain. Happy. And it's getting close to the weekend and all that kind of stuff. That is awesome. Uh, I'm glad. So what's been inspiring uh, to you this week? What's been what? Inspiring? What's been inspiring to you this week? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, planting seeds and waiting uh, and planting, planting flowers and some vegetables. Because I, you know, I love the uh, one thing about gardening is there's a product. It's, you know, my poetry might stink, but my flowers grow. And uh, <laughs> although that, maybe these things too, who knows? But um, and and uh, so I guess that's inspiring. And the others, and just busy as can be, um, lots of little things, buying and buying a new appliance or two, and all this kind of stuff. And so it, uh, it rolls on. But I'm uh, I I'm always in good spirits this time of year, and. Uh, Glad to be here too. And by the way, I must tell you that um, 
Thursday night rolls around, I was outside. I looked, it was a quarter to eight, and I told the person that I was talking to over the fence, you know, this is just like, you know, Ozzy and Harriet around here. Uh, I I looked at uh, her and said, I'm out of here. <laughs> She's going to dial in. So um, <laughs> that uh, that's that's the case. What I what I wrote this time is uh, something sort of lighthearted, and it's called um, Poetry Metaphors: The Softness of a Lobster's Claw, The Cynicism of Babies. You may think me a fool to rave of poetic metaphors, but I'm very smart despite my proven mental dullness. For many years, I've read the poems that I just began last year. I'm the old and pro of adjectives, pure novice of the stanza. But I know well the beauty of poet-laden words and the lush grammatic contrasts like the freshness of baby poop and the stench of red fresh red roses, or the quiet of a carnival. I love the way poets evoke the tender things of life and shapeshift our awareness while they hurry to slow down. Like the softness of a gator's skin, the dainty dance of rhinos, the warm touch of a garden slug, the threat, threats of baby rabbits. Poets employ the adjectives and adverbs of our nature, the welcoming grin of, an, of a rattler, dryness of the raindrops, the bloom of wilted lilacs that on our dooryard bloom. We know the ugliness of a tree and the miles to go before we wake. Ah, poets, they doth well portray the metaphors of the world. They match the things we know so well to the ideas we romance. Whenever I want to know the airy flight of ostriches, I see a poem which shows me the slowness of hummingbirds. We march up familiar with the, we match up the familiar with the whimsical like fairies riding ravens, and everyone dies frustrated, and that is beautiful, and that is beautiful in heaven below. They tell us why we can't go home, then greet us there again. We write of just one more first kiss, and when we float upstream. But alas, there is no, there are no metaphor police, and we poets are but safe. We can turn our plowshares into guns and be safe from hell above. But we are far better when sorry than safe, and one thing is for sure. I know the difference between the duck and the poem. That was incredible. I I can tell that that was definitely a lot of fun for you to write. Yeah, it was. I you know sometimes I, you know, I, it's obviously satirical, but it's also just a little bit somewhat ridiculous. But I when I hear <laughs> metaphors that I that I judge other people are overusing or you know or murderous metaphors and things like that where they where they overkill, then I mm-hmm. then I always. Well, why don't I do that in this one? So I, and of course, I, I turned to opposites too, which was a little more of an exaggeration. But anyway, I'm glad you liked it. I did. And if you've got that posted somewhere, send me the link because I'd love to go back and read that one again. Oh, okay. Well, I I just so send it to you or something. I don't have it posted yet. I just wrote it. In fact, I uh, edited. I wrote it yesterday, and then I changed a few things today. Um, you and, edited uh, it. 
edited it. I edited it. Oh, I edit. I if I let a poet sit poem sit for a couple weeks and I look at it again, it's time to edit it, change things. I I can't imagine not editing a poem. I can't either. And, you know, there um, there are it, things that I have written where I've gone back and not changed a word. Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. especially some of my short poems. But you know, there's everything in mine needs edited. <laughs> Bad. Well, mine does too, and and a lot of times I go through once I do, don't do any punctuation, or I do too much, or I you know or I make mistakes, or I repeat words, and um, and I use the and that and those kind of words you mentioned earlier tonight uh, overuse. Um, and I, and I tend to be windy with my poetry too windy, so mm-hmm. um, I uh, there's a lot of things that can be done. I'm not saying I edit enough. I probably don't edit enough, but um, you know I I don't see editing as an enemy, and it's not threatening. If someone else tells me, Dennis knows this from some of his suggestions. Uh, if someone um, um, else makes constructive criticism. To one of my poems, I write it down, and you know, if it makes sense, I'd gladly do it. I don't care. My ego is not. There's no danger. I'm in new at poetry. I don't have poetic ego. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, I may someday. I used to think way. that until I submitted uh, to a uh, journal one time, and it just happened that the publisher uh, was a friend of mine, and sent oh. me back a sent me back yeah it was a local publication and that we were all submitting to a, a um, anthology, and uh, she sent me back this message saying you know I I really think that you should trade these two paragraphs around if you flip these mm-hmm. two paragraphs it's going to make your poem say what you want it to better I think and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm I, I was pissed like how do you know oh, what yeah, I'm trying to oh, say yes. I you know and I never thought I was that girl I never thought I was that person <laughs> I thought yeah someone could tell me and I'd be I'd learn from it and I'd be all cool oh hell no I was not I was so upset but then <laughs> after I got over that about two days later I emailed her and she was correct you know it's like fine fine but that's yeah. still a sore spot for me <laughs> so editing yeah, is not easy it's okay that it's not easy but it is necessary so let's do it to ourselves so other people aren't doing it behind our backs there you go guys i guarantee you that other people are thinking stuff should be edited as they read it or hear it and um you know at least i do when i hear it um i have all these little things i don't say them but i think them and uh uh, and I'm sure people do with mine. So it's a, it's, it's a. I know a lot of the best poets uh, send it out to friends for review. Send their work out mm-hmm. to friends, trusted friends that won't publish it. Um, for um, and I, I, uh, I would be glad to do that. But okay, it's always good to find someone that you trust and aren't going to get butt hurt if they say something should be different or, you know, would this line look better this way? I, I was dating a guy for a while that. Um, had Asperger's and words and language and and all of that was his thing. Yeah. And oh, but he was he was an amazing writer and I still to this day one of my favorite people in the world and admire him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned so much from him because he would call me on everything. I mean oh, every wow. little thing. It's kind of like you know the the light switch on off on off on off every single time. Yeah. I mean he drilled stuff in my head. Um, that mm-hmm. should have been that I should have known, you know. And because of him doing right. that, you know, and sometimes I'll tell you he made me cry. It's <laughs> like, whoa, that oh, was harsh. I, okay, <laughs> but that was all right. I had a, um, I, yeah, 
Yeah, I had a ninety. I had a ninety-one-year-old man uh, give me some 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 uh, constructive criticism in a reading uh, just a couple of weeks ago, public reading, and he took me aside and very nicely told me that there was things really wrong with what I was writing. <laughs> not, not that you know, I mean, he was gentle, but you know, I, he has the freedom, I guess, at that age to say what he wants, and he said it. And boy, I wrote it down. I took it home and I, I did some editing. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't that girl. I got all butt hurt first, and then I told her, "Okay, you're right." So it's okay. It's okay to be butt hurt, but you guys edit. It's our baby. We can't let anybody touch it. <laughs> you know, you should do the editing workshop with me. I'll send you one of my poems, and you can send me one of yours. Okay. And we'll That'll edit work. each other's poem, and then you can do the edit. One of the, you can help me with the editing workshop. We'll okay. use our own two poems I, as examples. I. I must tell you that I'm still a novice, and I don't know very much. But um, I don't know anything. I have you all fooled. I know nothing. <laughs> I just have fun here with you. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm really a 17-year-old street urchin, you know. But anyway, um, the uh, okay, well, I will tell you that um, I, I don't have an actual site, but I have a uh, Facebook page, which puts has some of my stuff. It's called... Um, George Wiley writes, and uh, you know I'll move on and let someone else uh, have the show. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Great job tonight, and I appreciate so much you being here. Well, thank you, and I love I love being here. All right, George. We'll talk to you next week, okay, hun? Or if you want to read again, just press one and one again. You know the drill. I do. Thank you. All right. Thanks, hun. All righty. So our next caller. Is going to come from area code 419. Following 419, we have 717 and 219. So it'll be 419, 717, and 219. That's our next three callers. All righty. And let's go ahead and grab 419. Are you with us? Yes, Nyla. Hi. <laughs> hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Uh, I hope things quit falling apart for me, but that'll be cool. <laughs> so I, I'm <laughs> going to read a piece tonight that's called Bitter Avenue because I'm just like right Wait in a line minute. with that. Quit, quit falling apart for me. We don't even know who you are. Did, did you introduce yourself, ma'am? You should know me from 419. No, I'm just kidding. Shelly Gambino. <laughs> Thank you. I said everyone knew me as 419. I know you. I know you. But that doesn't mean everybody <laughs> listening does. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be the thing for May. I'm going to put my mommy finger down. You guys introduce yourself when you call in so everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Shelly Gambino from 419. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just you and me on the phone talking and BSing, but, you know, the whole world is listening. So we might as well let them in on the secret. <laughs> Shelly Campino. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. What's going on with uh, you? I just got to tell you, my, my lawn tractor died, so I didn't get all year to cut my grass. So the lawn tractor died. I, I went to go get one, but it was on order, so I got it in, and today was the first day to use it, and it's one of those zero-turn things. Um, it's like driving a video arcade game, <laughs> but once you get used to it, it's okay, except for, and I'm meaning no shit, I hit my septic um, tank cover. So now I got to go get another one of those somewhere. Um, but yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I cannot I believe you learn. did not take a breath during that whole sentence. <laughs> well, I just like, I just, I'm still laughing about it. Cause I mean, it's nice to cut my grass and everything, but then I hit that and I'm like, Oh, 
And my friend said, well, at least you didn't hit the truck or the house. So I got, I got pluses on that one. Well, I'm glad that you have a moment to exhale with us. That's what I'm glad for. <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody ever drove one, but they're, it's, they're crazy. So it's easy once you get used to it, but to get on one and just start going like me, like a bull in a china shop, I just, uh, just went at it full throttle and uh, hit the damn thing. <laughs> Oh, it makes me laugh. I'm sorry. It ain't one thing, it's another. <laughs> all right, so you're sitting there telling me all this, and you're saying it's one thing to be, and it's another thing to be full throttle. And I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, this, you know, Shelly's full throttle right now. I, I don't know about the lawnmower, but, man, she is full throttle. So that, my love, is your homework for this week. I want you to write a poem called Full. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> okay, all right, we're good to go. What'd you bring us? I got a homework assignment. Okay, um, this was written a while back, but it's called Bitter Avenue, just because of everything in my truck and the shop and the tractor and everything else. So I'm just gonna share it, and it's about humanism, um, but I'm relating it to everything else around me. So, um, Bitter <laughs> Avenue is the title. <laughs> I drank you up, hard to swallow, choking on your mannerisms. Your put downs really struck my core at first, ignored. Now I relive over and over in my mind. Wow, I can't believe my tolerance, my patience, my very own stupidity. I was a pawn in the game you played, only it was all in your head. My winning piece was stalemated, but just paced itself to the victory lap. I won at walking away. I won at winning nothing. No pride to inherit, no grand prize to collect. Nothing ventured but good fortune. To be able to quit playing your game... As you just move on to your next victim, never once cared for real. The only person you really fool is yourself. I knew the participation in your tangled web was purely me wanting to find comfort in another human being. That is right, you are still human, only lying to yourself to try to justify your being. The actions you instill not only to yourself but to others also. Your very existence is parasitic, but really how long can that last? Your host gets fed up and wants nothing more to do with you, cutting off your supply of food, water, and oxygen till you can't breathe. And you are the one left choking, choking on your own deceit. You said sorry for hurting me, but you lack in sincerity. All the lies you told, you kept feeding me like I was the parasite. Only I was the one broken, lost, confused, longing for what was never to be. I would lie to admit my heart was not affected with your venom you spew, I completely rejected, yet afflicted, will continue to carry on, my wayward friend, with a crust of a soul biding your time. End poem. Wow. <laughs> Told you it was bitter. <laughs> that, 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 was a, that was a kick in the balls. <laughs> Hope a hard one, too. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, I just but, you like know, I think that, I think we've all been that place where it's like, you know, we're standing in front of a train wreck, and we see it coming at us, and we know it's going to hit us, but we convince ourselves it's not a train wreck, but we know it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, exactly. But, but, you know, but I, okay, I know you're a train wreck. I know you're coming right at me. I know I could get out of the way. But you're telling me you're not a train wreck, and so I believe you, but I really know you are a train wreck. So, you know, it's kind of like that realization point where, you know, yeah, I'm really dumb because I knew you were a train wreck. But, you know, fuck you for being a train wreck is what I got out of that poem. I loved it. 
Oh, nice. I love I love your analogy of that because I think that's just very distinctual and correct and accurate. <laughs> oh, boy, that's funny. There's my short poem for the day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what did you say? Fuck you, you're a train wreck, or fuck you for being a train wreck? I think that's yeah. what you said. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, like that's got to be incorporated somewhere. <laughs> it's magnificent. <laughs> All right, I'll work on that poem for you for next week, okay? Okay, and mine is on full throttle. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. That's funny. <laughs> All right, sweetie, <laughs> give some give, give someone out there some way to find you. If anybody's looking for a train wreck, I'm Shelly Gambino, and you can find me on Facebook. Otherwise, on Thursday nights, I'm area code 419. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Okay, I had to write that down or I'd forget. (laughs) Okay. All right, sweetie. We will talk to you next weekend. You have a good night, and thank you very much, Nyla. (laughs) You too, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm not sure what just happened, but I think I just gave myself homework. I think that's what happened. All right. Here you go, 717. You're on the air. Hey, Nyla. So, hey, Jim sweetie, how you doing? Pretty good. Go ahead and introduce yourself again. I was talking over you. That was so rude of me. Um, well, it's uh, Jim Rothline from Pennsylvania. Uh, Rothline spelled R-O-E-T-H-L-E-I-N because it's not spelled the way it's pronounced. So, <laughs> awesome. Got to get, gotta Got get that out. So what is going on with you, my dear? Well, work's been kind of busy. Um, you know, it's, we work with a, a food preparer, so a lot of orders have been coming out, and I've had to work some overtime, which helps in the wallet. <laughs> and anything helps with the wallet, eases stress. Anything that eases stress makes you a more creative person, so yay go, you. <laughs> yay! All right, what did you bring for us tonight, sweetheart? Uh, well, it's... um. So, poem I wrote last year on uh, October, on Friday, October thirteenth, and it's been included in an, in an anthology, which has already has just come out on Amazon. Has just been uh, put on sale. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. It's titled "Shrouded in Fog Beneath the Gaslight." Shrouded in fog beneath the gaslight. A pale glow glinting on a knife in the dark. And there, midst the gloom and shadow, another life ebbs, flowing from her neck. His dark deed, sight unseen, and he walks away, free to strike again in London, shrouded in fog beneath the gaslight. End of poem. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Everybody loves Jack the Ripper. So, what's that? I was chuckling. It's it's kind of funny to me. We've had I've had several poets call in over the years and read uh, poems about or based on or or a copycat of Jack the Ripper. You know, I, I wonder why it is in history that that is that has stayed with us like it has. You know, but but that is um, is really inspiring. It's inspired a lot of art. I'll tell you what. 
Well, it's I crazy. guess it's kind of the aura and mystery surrounding him because that no one actually knows who he really was. I mean, there's theories. There was even a a TV show on, I think, History Channel about uh, Henry Holmes as possibly mm-hmm. being the Ripper. But no one yeah. really knows. It's just a fascinating story. You know, I think it's because it could be anybody. You know, there's theories of everything from a derelict drunk to, you know, your doctor, someone that's very trusted in society. You know, it's, I do think it's that mystery. But it was a great piece. I really enjoyed hearing it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, like I said, it was um, – it's in the uh, an anthology, uh, Poets Haven Digest, Darker Than Fiction. And I put the link on your Facebook page if anyone wants to uh, purchase a copy. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Well, I can be found on Facebook. Uh, my poet page is James E. Rothwine Poet. So if you want to click on that, uh, check that out. If you like what you read, um, give me a follow. And from there, you can get to links to my SoundCloud uh, page and my YouTube channel. I can also be found on All Poetry now that that, uh, Dennis had mentioned. And nearly every Friday night, I can be heard on World Poetry Open Mic. So a shout-out to uh, to them as well. Awesome. All right, James, great job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, sweetie. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hello, now how you doing? Hey, brother O, how are you? I am doing good. It is good to hear from you. What did you bring us tonight? Well, uh, since uh, Mother's Day is going to be this weekend, <clears throat> I got my uh, poem called A Tribute to Single Mother. This poem dedicated to all the great single mothers everywhere in America. And this my very special tribute to you on Mother's Day. I want to personally say that the job you do is extraordinary considering that you sometimes or never get any help from your children's father. Brother O publicly gives everyone who is listening on this line a standing ovation a round of applause to every single mother who are taking on the difficult challenges of raising your your children on your own without the presence of their father. To me, a real single mother is a very strong woman who teaches her children the right values and morals at home, such as the importance of having an education, showing respect to themselves and authority figures, having a relationship with God and teaching them to make the right choices and decisions. I applaud a single mother shy to be an independent woman without having an independent deputy dad who don't want to step up to the plate and handle his business or any other man with robust and disgusting. I congratulate the single mother who's going to school working to make a better life for herself and her children. 
to make sure that the children have what they need so they want for nothing. A real mother sets a good example for her children to follow so that one day they can go on to achieve their dreams and make them proud. I give my child and respect to single mothers who pray and watch over their children daily because there are a lot of negative influences out here, especially today in this jacked-up society. It protects them from all her harm and danger and watching sewers around them constantly. A real mother does not have men coming in and out of a house like a revolving door. Now, even drug dealers, gang leaders, and sexual predators will approach them because she will lay down in life for her children. I have much love and respect to single mothers who put their children first before any man of material possession out here. He understands that the children are the most precious gift that God can bless it with, and she realizes that they can be never be placed. Every chance she gets, she should tell them how much she loves them. Now, brother old knows there's a constant struggle sometimes out the father around. I surely encourage all the single mothers who are listening to this poem right now to keep on doing the great things that you are doing because all the sacrifices that you have made will pay off in the end. My sister, tough times don't last always. Tough people do, no matter how much the odds are stacked up against you. I wrote this poem to show you that I appreciate all the sacrifices that you make for your for your sons and daughters who don't have their fathers in their lives and being the real backbone of our community. Until we as brothers decide to wake up to handle our business, man up and become the providers and head the families just like God designed according to his divine plan. And Brother all sincerely wishes each and every one of you a happy Mother's Day. That's at peace. What a great tribute to single moms. Thank you so much, Brother O. That was awesome. Thanks, Nala. As, as, as a single mom, I appreciate that piece. Hey, thanks, thanks. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. You know, I wrote that, wrote that poem 10 years ago, and it still, it still has, it still has, uh, much power behind it. It still, still, uh, still has that, still has that appeal. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of single mothers out here. We need, we need to, we need a brother like myself to, to let them know that you are appreciated for what you do. Oh, well, we appreciate you. We appreciate you seeing that, brother. O. thank you. Thanks, Nava. All right, hon. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. To those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, you can find me under Omar Brother O'Gather. That's how you can find me. Really easy to find out. My pictures, uh, me wearing that the hat, the microphone, it says, above it, professor. All right, hon. We will talk to you next week. Yes, you will. I'll be be back next week. All right, Brother O. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I was looking at the board, and I was going to give the next three 
caller, the lineup for the next three callers, and there was like two eight three twos, and so it confused me for a moment. So our next three callers, I just want to let you know where you are. We have eight three two three, then we have seven three two, and then we have eight three two six. All right, so that's where you are in the lineup. So let's go ahead and bring on eight three two three. Eight three two three, are you on the air with me? Are you there? Yes, but you caught me in the middle of eating dinner. Well, I'm how sitting rude here, of me. I'm sitting here grubbing away, listening to everybody perform. <laughs> so so do you want me anyway, to come back to you? Is, so that I don't get in trouble, this is Amelia T. Davis calling out of Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show, sweetheart. How are you doing? I... Am fabulous. <laughs> yes, ma'am, you are. <laughs> you, you I'm not going to hear anything we, for a week, but you are. You are what you are. You are fabulous, <laughs> my love. You know, we gotta get uh, uh, Shelly pissed off more often. Personally, I think she does her best work when when she's. <laughs> When she's ranting and raving, I, that was a phenomenal All right, so poem. everybody, we're all going to go to Shelly's house and kick her in the shin, all right, <laughs> so that she can she can write awesome poems. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> one for one for each well, shin kick. No, we're not um, really going to do that, you guys. Don't you dare kick no. her. No. Okay, I'm done. We're 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 just joking around and teasing Shelly. No, we we she, want she, to love just, her and I hug really her. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I've really enjoyed getting uh, to know her and her work. Yeah, she. I, I. I. I just love that woman as as a friend, but as a poet, she's awesome. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, you know, you were kind of saying, well, you didn't have the best of childhood. Well, neither did I, and I had quite a bit of issues with my mother. But before she passed, I, I, uh, you know, uh, made peace with with all of that. Uh, I'm saying that because it seemed like you and I sort of have a a connection there. But um, I um, did a poem some years back, and um, since everybody else is, do- or mostly everybody, doing Mother Mother's Day tributes, um, this is my contribution. It's called Dearest Mumsy. Mumsy, M-U-M-Z-I-E. Mumsy, that was your special name I made up for you. You thought that mom or mama or even mommy was too simple for you, so you asked for a special name. There it is. I've been looking at the photo of you and Auntie and Nana. You are all again joined in heaven. I love the photo of you with the roses in your mouth being silly. It was my birthday, and you were a little tipsy. It was so funny how you would tell everyone you were drunk every time you had more than one drink. What memory I love the most is when we used to walk through Golden Gate Park, making up stories as we went along. They always began with, Mimi and Mommy are walking through the park when... 
Each story would go from there. You saw I had an ima imagination then and were at bringing it out. I wonder if you were alive today, what would you say about my poetry? I miss you so. Gone so many years now, your presence is sorely missed. You saw so much pain, so many tears shed, yet you persevered. Your enduring spirit gave all hope. Gone is your quiet strength. You were the one I could trust in life. Shared all my hopes and dreams with you daily. Such a loss to no longer have that. You gave me a loving guidance in my life with your special type of wisdom. You had your negatives. It taught me to forgive. Your love, I never doubted. Rest in peace, Mumsy. I know you are with Jesus now. Musings of Amelia T. Davis and peace. That was a beautiful poem, and I love that. You know, anytime you grow up with someone who drinks, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, but in that poem... You know, you you talked about you talked about the thing because nobody's everybody needs to be seated as a human being, and what that poem told me is is that was that though you had the innocence in there of a child and talking about your childhood, you were talking about it in a very very mature way. You were talking about your childhood in a way that a woman would talk to another woman. You know, you, you, it was just a, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it was a beautiful way of honoring her and what she meant to you and, you know, letting her know that she was amazing. You know, no parent is ever perfect, but, you know, you, you let her know she was amazing and that was just phenomenal. Great job on that. We should all be able to write a poem like that to our parents. By the way, last week I did the homework about the quote the cat, and I didn't get a second poem, but that's okay. I'm just letting you know you 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 did you Not didn't that let I'm me have track, but I'm keeping track, Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> and when when are you going to upload my my uh, tracks? <laughs> I am having. I might as well issue. get it all in now. <laughs> I'm having an issue because I'm getting my internet changed, and so right now I'm uh, wireless. And because now, I'm wireless, uploading the file, it'll hiccup in this little podunk town what, that I live in now. So, okay. What did you have the surgery on your hands or, or wrists? And if so, how are you doing? Thank you so much for asking. I did not. They canceled it because I was really sick and they didn't want to put me under anesthesia um while I had a while I was while I had a cold while I was sick. And so they actually rescheduled it for the 23rd of this month. So I'll be going in on the 23rd. Okay. 
And then you understood all that I inboxed you about, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, let's just leave it at that. All right, I love you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S. You can find me on my like page under the same name. You can Google me under the same name. And you can find me in my poetry group, Poets for the Power of the People, or you can find me right here on Nyla every Thursday night. Blessings, dear heart. Thank you so much, sweetheart. You're welcome. We'll talk to you next week, baby. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 732. 732, you are on the air. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, sweetie, how you doing? So far, so good. <laughs> Heavy metal poet calling in from the Jersey Shore. Hello, how are you doing, Mr. Metal? It is so good to have you here tonight. It's been a while. I appreciate it. Yeah, I come and go. I'm not exactly continuous, but, you know, I try to make it when I can. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> so what did you bring us tonight? What are you going to grace us with? More angry stuff. Um, I'll uh, I'll say first off, right off the bat, I'll say you know, Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, my mom, your mom, everybody's mom. My wife, that's a stepmom. Uh, everybody. Uh, I don't have a mom piece, but if you really wish to read between the lines and get super metaphoric with my piece, then there might be a mom reference in there. But I doubt it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'll watch for so, it, not yeah. really. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's just, just just like the weather here in Jersey. For you know, it snows and it feels like it's going to rain, snow, freezing. Next day it's ninety friggin' degrees. Gotta love it. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let my words do the talking here. Let me uh. Okay, this is actually my newest piece. I just uh, read this at my open mic last week for the first time, so I'm bound to screw it up. So bear with me. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's see. It's also on my phone here, so I've got to use my finger to scroll. Here we go. Value of breath to find steps taken. Value of life measures in competence of leaders who secure it. Defiance with an alliance. Flag drapes over caskets, honor beheld. War within ourselves, creating the bigger picture, seemingly endless, endless. Infinite condolences beside empowering, powerless sheep, thinking it's going to be okay. Smile, point, wave, shake hands, smile. While protesting to micromanage our behavior, since government are who is reversing what we, the people, stand for, treat with respect to get respect back, rolling in their graves are the ones who set in stone our Constitution. Now it's become an attribution to our blood running cold to our execution. Liberty stands alone with a tear in her eyes, a torch raises high, hoping for a better tomorrow. We, 
the people value our sake. Our wake we walk for our children. Nuclear atrocities, the threat is real. Death is a given, but extinction may be a possibility. Thank you. That was incredible. You know, I really do miss you when you're not around here and sharing with us. I, I know you I know you have a life and I know you have stuff to do and you're kind of a rock star out there, but you know, still. Just saying. Oh stop and I'm blushing. <laughs> no. It's hard to look angry no. when you're blushing. Uh, no, I appreciate it. I'm sorry I'm not here every week, but yeah, it's like last Thursday was the open mic, uh Plus, we've had a busy, busy couple months. Um, yeah. That, but, I, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, what was it, about a month ago? Yeah, about a month ago, we got into a severe car accident. Actually, was a car crashed, not an accident, because the guardrail hit us. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Everyone's okay, right? Uh, yeah, like I said, so far so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be here today if the guardrail wasn't there. I know that the car would have flipped. But um, yeah, we've we've had a pretty busy month or so between the, you know the the car crash. Uh, everyone's all right. We're we're here. It's just a little banged up, and you know the whole you know being shaken up. Like wow, I can't believe that happened to us. Um. Our favorite cat of the household pulled an ET on us uh, last week. He kind of got sick and thought he was on his deathbed, but he revived and brought all the plants back to life. So that's all good. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, we're okay. (laughs) I was just going to let you go until you were done. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I can go on all night. Like I said, it's been a busy <laughs> month. <laughs> it's been a while. You, uh, I, I'm good. I'm good listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we're trying to fill the summer up. Trying to keep busy. Um, like the Sensational Festival is July 28th. I was lucky enough to be the coordinator of poets for that. Um, I think I actually posted on your um, site the list of poets because half the poets on there that I have on the flyer are people that come to my open mic. So the crush beneath crew kind of, uh, representing. So that's kind of cool. And then we've got the rock to adopt program. We're going to, I'm going to be performing there. That's like September. And that is a two day festival of music. And I'm the only one that's reading there. Luckily enough. Um, also the drum tech, cause I bring in the house drums. Um, and that's for the adoption of animals. And, you know, that's where I write the fuzzy side of, you know, animal, you know, kitties and doggies. Maybe I'll come back to you and read that. Um, what else? Asbury Park Day. I got myself on the list for that. But if you guys want to see the goofiness that happens at my open mic, please come to my site over at uh, Crush Beneath Poetry. Come like that. I know there's a couple of readers that have come by, made friends with me on the Facebook. Uh, Dennis Townsend, if you want to find me, you know, friend me on there. And um, on the Crush Beneath page, you know, you got the, the videos and pictures and, you know, all the insanity that happens at the open mic. So... If you're in Jersey and you're Jersey bound, come on down to the open mic. Next one's going to be on the 7th of uh, next month. And then July, we're actually going to be celebrating our fourth year anniversary. So we're going to try to have a, you know, a party and try to get ourselves kicked out of a library. But, you know, it's all good. <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> All right, sweetheart. It was absolutely fantastic hearing from you tonight. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'll try my best to, you know, call in every week if I can. But, you know, bear with me. If uh, if you don't hear from me, at least come by and visit. Drop a message. Tell me I suck or something, and I'll respond back. It'll be all good. So. All right, hon. <laughs> all right. We'll talk talk you then, later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 8326. I'm going to go ahead and give you the next three callers. We have 8326, then we have 919, and then 256. All right. So 832, you're on the air. Hey, Ms. Nyla. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Mr. Soldier Blue Blue? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yes. Sometimes I have to look at in the mirror just to make sure it's all right, but, you know, just keeps going. <laughs> I do know. Well, um, I'm only, I, I did the uh, thing from that you asked uh, or that you put down from last week, uh, but that was going to be the only one I'm, I really want to uh, read because of the, the little bit of preamble, which actually takes in two points um, that I would like to do be, you know, before I read it. So I'd like to say, I just want to read that one piece and then uh, that. But um, the other part, um, first of all, I uh, was saying uh, that uh, his name was Iron Cloud. It is, it was, it is not. Uh, his name, because I, I went and uh, did some research on it, his name is uh, Iron Eyes Cody. Um, so that's that's the man that was uh, doing the uh, uh uh, the uh, advertisements, as well as movies. He did movies, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other point is one that really kind of hits me uh, a lot closer to home just because of uh, my knowledge of the event and a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that have come along from it as well as the things that happened within it. Um, and that is that um, uh, the... And I've written, I've read pieces, uh, I've read works on this uh, this particular event before. Um, I'm not too sure how many people are familiar with it, but anyway, what I'm talking about is the um, the 1862 or winter 1862-1863 um, uh, uh, Great Sioux Uprising in Minnesota. Okay, and uh, what came out of that was the uh, largest to this day, okay, and not, notwithstanding any time in between, to this day, the largest mass hanging that has occurred in the United States, which was 38 Coda warriors, as well as the two that were strung up a little later, uh, you know, can't, can't leave anybody out. Um, and in that, in that happening, um, and I'm not going to go all into it because that would be a way long story if I did. Um, but in that happening, there was a point where just before they were, uh, a couple of days before they were going to, uh, uh, walk up on the scaffold, there was a man who, uh, uh, Dakota, uh, one of the Dakota men who was to be hanged gave to a soldier his, his sacred pipe. And I don't, you know, a lot of people like to have this, to have a lot of, 
wrong information when it comes to that. That is our most sacred way of praying. That is our, that is what, as we see it, if, and speaking as, as a traditional person, that is what we see as our direct connection to talking to the Creator. Okay, that is something that we use in all various forms of ceremony. And the most sacred herb that we put within is not, and I repeat this very strongly, is not marijuana, because that was not considered part of our tradition, but rather tobacco that was grown in a sacred manner. And he gave this, and I mean, like, I mean, like I said, you, it would be kind of like receiving something from the Pope that he wore on an everyday occasion when he would say prayers. That's the level of, of gravity that we, that we see this as. And it was coming up, this pipe was given to the soldier. His, his family had kept it in the, in the interim for all this time. And it came up for auction this past Saturday. And that was a big, big uh, furor amongst the Ishanti Dakota as, you know, just on by itself. Well, uh, blessed be the, the person who bought it at auction. And, and uh, the, this, this person being a human being, uh, i.e. flesh and spirit, decided that rather than keep it, he was, he or she, because I don't know, I don't know anything, you know, they, they, again, they decided they wanted to remain anonymous, uh, gave it back to the people. And that is something that's just, uh, just you know, something that you, you can't imagine in terms of, you know, the gratitude and, and joy that, you know, that, they, that the Ashanti Dakota will will have in being able to have this most sacred of objects returned to them. I mean, they're, they're all, they're, they're, it's not like it's the only one, but it is definitely a special one because of the events surrounding it and, and the time in which it was being used. So for me, from me, even just as, a, as an individual, to that anonymous person, I most humbly say thank you. And in the words of my people, which means I am thankful and grateful for the gift favor that we have received from that true offering of kindness. So that's, uh, that's that part of it. Okay. Um, and um, and this uh, the, the the work is um, called uh, no stand-ins required. Ironic discussions, stereotype prototypes, iconic fallacies of nature. Who says an Amer Italiano cannot play the part of a Mer Indian? Oh yes, it is so. Circa celluloid, Hollywood, 1950s, 60s. And on and on. There were many prior. There was only one general populist noted exception. Jay Silverheels, a.k.a. Tonto, the Lone Ranger. And most have no clue how he received that last name. So, trash on the highway, almost touching the imagery of known traditional footwear of us, Amer Indians, oh, yeah, a single silver tear from iron eyes, 
and a mare Italiano mascot for those whom had been slaughtered neath the extinction techniques. Among my own, the figure rises as high as 100 million across the breadth of all the Americas, a 2K spelling, if you please. But shh, shh, we don't talk about that. It might disturb the willfully ignorant. Oh, slaughter, 100 million. No stand-ins required. Cultural annihilation, traditions, a federal offense. Leavenworth, spirituality, high ceremony, punishable crimes by death, freedom, O Religion Act, 1978, First Nations relegated to dirty engine, noble savage, past long gone, Ethereal environmentalism, broken English epithets and trivia, as long as it doesn't interfere with business as usual of the day. Language is rooted, born here, not brought here, given weed killer words, steeped in distractions, rich in full dress of destruction. Let the past be the past. Let it go. You don't look like an Indian. Kiss my ass. Blood of my blood, kinsmen gathered. Let the polls show we require no one to speak for us. No parental retinue. No judgmental chains of what's best for you. Tatanka Yotaka. Sitting Bull. A true statesman for the Hunk Papa Lakota. Founder of the Standing Rock Reservation, he spoke thoughts of steel regardless of consequence unto those who expected him to be nice. I was born an Indian, and I will die as such. Is it wrong for me to care for my own? He stood in front of presidents and gave his presentation of the one the translators feared to translate with any honesty. Iron eyes. A mascot of a perpetual prejudicial era, an Italiano filling a role in insatiable necrophilial stereotypic need. Trash on the highway, a silver trickle tear. Tatanka, Yotaka, Sitting Bull, Hukpapa, Lakota fought on all fronts for his people, starving. Afraid, reaching out for hope. Oh, for the ghost dance. No great apostle, he falsely identified as such. A man, First Nation, Northern Arapaho, same name. Tadanka Yotaka, Kungpapa, targeted. A troublemaker, assassinated. No stand-ins required. Led for his people, iron eyes and a mere Italiano playing the part of an American for the movies. An actor, 
It recognized standing for First Nation peoples of Turtle Island. All, yeah, Steve and Sitting Bull had a lot in common, yeah. We are the Ghost Road Born, and we are always walking our way home. Nee Water is life. Hashtag no dapple, no stand-ins required. Nonke ujongi ubekni. Empties. That was incredible. You know that was incredible. That was awesome. <laughs> no, I, I, I do what I do, and I try to do it to the best of my abilities. And, you know, it's like I've said in times past, I, I don't come at it halfway. If I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to do the research. Mm-hmm. See, I, you get five stars, five gold stars, all five <laughs> and a half. <laughs> and just in, just in case anybody was curious, uh, the reason that uh, Jay Silverheels got that last name, Silverheels, he was a noted lacrosse player in uh, in the, at university in Canada, and that's where he got that name, Silverheels. That's awesome. And now we know. Who'd have thought? Hey. <laughs> So there you have it. All right. So sweetie. anyway, you can, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you can find me at uh, uh, Soldier, uh, so, uh, Rafe Wild, uh, Soldier Blue, Blue, in parentheses, on uh, Facebook. And that's where you can find me. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Great job. A plus on the thank homework. You. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, Soldier Blue. We'll talk to you next week, baby. Yes, ma'am. Bye, honey. Bye. That was phenomenal. That was absolutely phenomenal. Okay, now we have area code 919. 919, you're on the air. 919, are you with me? 919. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and put 919 back on hold. We'll come back and check them. Let's go ahead and take 256. 256, are you there? Yes, I am, Nyla. Good evening. This is Stan Phillips out of Alabama. It is Stan Phillips out of Alabama. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing fine. And I think you're going to enjoy this. I've got two poems. One of them from three song titles, and the other one about indoor weather. Wow, I am so impressed. That is phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, I do like this. Okay, go ahead. Well, the first one is going to be off the three words, off the three uh, song titles, and one of them. That one that said, small flowers crack concrete. I remember being young in California, you know, they have huge expanses of concrete. And being on on a big old concrete slab and finding one small crack where somehow or another a flower actually bloomed out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then I remembered again, as I was thinking of that, that there was a word for this. Because I remember being looking through a magazine one time, and there was a photograph. And this was supposed to be a photograph that illustrated the Japanese art of subtle beauty. And there was this photograph of a really boring, just drab, weathered, bamboo, slatted fence. That had definitely seen better days. And somehow, one flower stem had managed to get through there and bloom a flower with that fence as the backdrop. It took a while, but I finally found the word, and the word is, as a noun, shimbumi, which is subtle beauty. And I said, I've got to get this into the poem <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so I found a way to do that, too. Awesome. So this is going, this is going to be escape. Coming from mean streets, had to roar with my aggression, my macho insecurity hidden behind a beast's projection. She was just a child woman, subtle beauty, beauty, a living shibumi, like small flowers, cracked concrete, her sweet innocence compared to city. Her soul's escape from the ugly hard that living on streets often impose led her mind go to gentle havens, places where she can talk to rainbows. I want to go there to be with her, leave the beast persona far behind, escape with her, live in the beauty, peace-filled nirvana, safe in her mind, and peace. Okay, that was incredible. Did you have fun writing it? I had a ball writing that one, especially I, since I, it got me. Especially since it got me researching that word. Don't you like it when you discover something really cool like that, a word that yeah. you really like? I know it, it gets exciting. My a word for me that I'll always the the coolest word I ever discovered in my life was monozygotic. Oh my Isn't that goodness. just a great word? Saying it. It just makes your mouth happy, monozygotic, <laughs> which is a word for twins, meaning from the same egg. I mean, absolutely identical, monozygotic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that was great. You got you get you get to you get to clap the erasers together at the chalkboard and be teacher's pet for writing that one. Oh well, thank you. Well, I'm going to get extra credit then. <laughs> okay. All right, now, like you said, you wanted indoor weather. So this is changes in the weather. Before sunrise, expect patchy fog of consciousness with intermittent gusts of yawns. Cold front encountered by bare feet on hardwood floors. Slippers recommended. In a bathroom area, cooler conditions results of porcelain and tile fronts. Pre-dawn drizzle expected in Porcelain Bowl Bay with a possible maelstrom if handle is pushed. Moving on to Kitchen County, early humid drizzle in Coffee Maker Corner with dustings in two cups of creamer and sugar. Sunny conditions in kitchen as white ceilings and tiles reflect overhead light. 
Returning to bedroom, sees somewhat disheveled conditions after late-night passing of passionate tempest. As the sunlight of your heart rises and smiles, expect a warm front of affection to move in. As you both travel back to Kitchen County, coffee will disperse the early haze with brighter, warmer conditions expected. As you enjoy the early morning, you'll hear some mumbling and mumblings of two young fronts. By end of breakfast, be prepared for possible gale force, even tornadic events as these two young fronts converge. Two, the building energy of two well-rested children. Happy Saturday and peace. A long front of affection. <laughs> That's got to be the best line ever. <laughs> um, I did. I just, I with everything that you, you gave me, I, I had the fun of researching it and putting like, like the three song titles into one piece. Mm-hmm. And then I just had a ball writing this one about indoor weather. I did. <laughs> this was fun. I can tell. I can tell. It, the, just the, some of the ways you put things together in there were just phenomenal. I absolutely loved that piece. And see, that's what, like I said, that's what's so fun for me to give out homework or to plant seeds or to throw out a prompt is because I never know what I'm going to get back. And I'm always so excited when you guys come and read your homework. You have no idea. You know, and and you did too. So you you get, you know, you you get to stand first in line. You get to choose first on the kickball team. You get to do everything. You are so teacher's pet right now. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. All right, baby, tell everyone how to find you, hun. Well, you can find me Thursday nights on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. You can find me tomorrow night on World Poetry Open Mic. Uh, if Sinister is up and about and capable, I could show up on Sinister's Asylum. Uh, I discovered another spoken word venue that I was on Sunday, which is called Epiphany, which is a spiritual format. Mm-hmm. You can find me in... Uh, the Garden of Poetry and Prose, which I'm a member of, which is an anthology group. Uh, the group Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit. Outlaw Poetry, of course. And uh, I'm on Facebook. Very, very cool. All right, Stan, phenomenal job tonight. Seriously, um, I really appreciate you know, you doing the homework, but I really, I, I just, I can't tell you how phenomenal it was to hear the two pieces that you created from them. Just great job on both of them, baby. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Oh, by the way, uh, if I go to the archives, will I hear what the next three song titles are? Yeah, I can give them to you real quick if you'd like. Oh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, because I'm going to go to the archives and catch it anyway. I missed the first part of the day, first part of the show. So the titles he used were from last week's prompt. This week the prompts are Life on Mars, David Bowie, Life on Mars, Where Eagles Dare, that's an Iron Maiden song, and Back from Hell, and that's R-D-M-C. So 
life on Mars where eagles dare and back from hell. And back from hell. Oh, we all right. That sounds fun. <laughs> all right. So the, the, we'll see what you can do for next week. All right. We'll see what I can come up with. <laughs> and on to the next. All right, Stan. Thank you so much. Tell everyone again how your Facebook page, if you would. It's just Stanley Phillips. <laughs> it's just me. All right. Go find them, guys. You'll be glad you did. All right, hon. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 707. 707, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good, thank you. You sound so quiet. Uh, It was a long day. (laughs) Well, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Um, I go by um, Lily Ain't Misbehaving. Misbehaving. Mhm. Okay. And what did you bring first? Tell us what you brought and and why you picked it out and what you're going to read and whatever you want to tell us. Um, I haven't been writing in a while, but I'm usually inspired during National Poetry Month. So I was going to share a piece I wrote last month. And the Please, theme was, awesome. so I was in this, I'm sorry, I was in this group, this 30-30 poetry challenge, and we wrote a, uh, a poem every day. They gave a theme. So the theme was, the topic or theme was stones. So I found a picture online that was sticks and stones, so I just, Titled the poem Stone. Okay. So whenever you're ready. Oh, please. The the mic is yours, hon. Thank you. Sticks and stones break bones, but some words can break you down lower than the hook of a sad love song. They could shatter the spirit of the head cheerleader in high school. She was a heartbreaker. Pretty little thing. Her smile used to shine like the sun on a beautiful spring day until that thunderstorm came through and washed springtime away. March, April, and May were their names. They proclaimed to be the best in the bay. Best dressed, best looking. Those bitches thought they were the best in show, but that heartbreaker showed them. She had them beat. All of the boys told them. So the jealousy grew faster than mildew on walls. Their plan was to wipe her out and document her downfall. So they befriended her, invited her to a party. Everyone stopped and stared and admired her beauty. Hair was laid, face was beat, nothing was out of place. Placed a drink in her hand with a secret ingredient unbeknownst to her. The next few hours was a blur. She awakened partially clothed in the dark at a park with bed hair, smeared lipstick, and her clothes in disarray. When school resumed the following week, her reputation was maimed. March, April, and May introduced her to humiliation and shame. The lies they told ran rapid like California wildfires. 
said that she let the football team run through her. Fucking liars. Those cackling hens clucked their beaks and that pretty little thing smile fell down in defeat. She never told her parents about the harassment at school. Since the number one rule amongst peers was no snitching, damn fools. She was devastated and couldn't face her family or foes. Off she goes to the liquor store and had someone purchase her something strong so she could erase the wrong out of her memory. She never imagined that they would rob her of her virginity. Every time she closed her eyes, she pictured strange members entering her private club that was reserved for only one, her future husband. She wanted the voices and strangers to disappear from her tainted memory of unprotected, non-consensual sexual assault. So she reached in the drawer, then a light went off. Sticks and stones may break bones, but the hollow points from a 9 millimeter will expand on impact. Thank you. Wow. You know, there are so many... I, I love I love that piece because it shows so clearly the internal conflict that being female demands every single day of our lives. You know, um and a guy wouldn't understand this, and it's a whole third-generation feminist thing, which I'm very strong on. But, you know, there's, 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 we're, we're always paying, you know, the sons may, you know, pay for their father's sins, but, you know, women pay for the mothers with their pound of flesh, too. And mm-hmm. we are all such a product of our upbringing and the things that we put ourselves through, the things we say, the things we don't say, the things we struggle with. Do I, don't I, should I, shouldn't I, why did I, why didn't I, you know, mm-hmm. be silent about this, scream about this, you know, that, that whole eternal struggle that it is being female, you know, that, that whole piece did that, that you know, that, that rusty saw against nerve back and forth between that conflict inside, I thought it was brilliant. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. All right, my love, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you, how to show you some love. Um, you can find me on Facebook um, under Lily, uh, the Black May West. Um, I have a fan page, Misbehaving's Madness. And um, every second and fourth Thursday in Vallejo, California, we have open mic venue, um, Poetry by the Bay at the Hub, 350 Georgia Street in downtown Vallejo. You know, I love that you that you say that. May West was just such, you know, it was way before my time, but we used to love watching those Turner movie classics and the silent mm-hmm. mill, mill film and then, uh, you know the the just that whole Mae West was she was just a goddess, you know mm-hmm. the stuff that she got rid of that she got away with in that era was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget my favorite quote of hers was she's standing in an elevator and there's a guy standing next to her. She or there's she walks into an elevator and there's a man standing there, and she goes, uh, mm-hmm. or what? Oh, I forgot it. 
I just forgot it. <laughs> oh, she's standing in an elevator, and the man gets on, and he looks at her, and she's by the little pokey thing where you poke the buttons, and he looks at her and he says, ballroom, uh-huh. please. She goes, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my... Uh... My erotic uh, poetry name, I go by. <laughs> yeah, she she was just she was one saucy woman. I loved her. I absolutely loved mm-hmm. her. So that that's endearing to me that, that you say that. All right, baby, you'll be back next week to read. Okay. <laughs> Very much looking forward to it. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye, hon. All right, our next caller comes from area code 714. 714, you're on the air. Hey, Miss Nyla, Jacqueline, how are you? Hey, Jacqueline, I'm doing great. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I tried to capture a little bit of what your assignment last week. Um, so I, I don't have a title for it. I, I actually just uh, wrote this about an hour ago, so... <laughs> Be kind. Okay. Every time you come around me, you greet me with a touch and a kiss, but your dodgy eyes won't connect when you say, hey. Your face wants to hide it, pretend and deny it. When I say, so how you been? The weight of the lie is too heavy to pick up, to take back. Another missed opportunity to lose the baggage, to share the weight of what we together lack. That's when I knew I had to decide, and just like that, I said, I can't live like this anymore. Sitting at the coffee table, the wind knocked out of our sail. I almost took it back. Instead, I wait. There was nothing left to conversate about. Gripping my coffee mug, I hear my heart beat, my breath in my lungs, my beating pulse races and the memories began to flood in, no desire vibes or circulate between us to, att- to attempt to save us. Don't think about it. Don't ask me how to survive, to compartmentalize, to ease your mind. Don't ask me what you're going to do without me. This is long overdue, and this is the first real truth. No more pretending to be fine, to still be in love with a light-skinned black girl with the old soul eye. Your parted lips curl in that familiar, artificial smile. Our filtered lens blurs the lines, both afraid of forever taking up any more time. We bond, holding on with open palms. Inside is hysteria. Outside, screams calm. Letting go means saying goodbye. Letting go, too. Letting go... Too many years of unfallen tears, sad eyes released, finally free to cry. In point. That was incredible. Very, very, yeah. very powerful piece, sweetheart. Fantastic job, Jacqueline. Well, all righty, I'll take that. <laughs> For an hour. It's yours. You earned it. It's all yours. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just wrote it wrote it an hour or so ago, sitting here in my car waiting. <laughs> so I'm gonna take that and run, run with it. <laughs> so you sat there and wrote that. Will you go back and edit that piece later? Yes, I yes, absolutely. You want to help me? 
<laughs> I'm always you open send, for that. You could send I'm it over. I would, I would look at the, the edit on it. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking I'm about that. That was the kindness of strangers. <laughs> yeah, that was the um, that was the writing assignment exercise I gave for this week was editing talking about editing. So if you didn't hear that at the beginning of the show, call back and listen at the beginning of the show, um, the exercise on editing. Okay, great. Which is why I asked that then question. I will be happy to edit it and send it right over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to edit that poem. You have to edit someone else's just for fun. But send me yours and I'll play with someone yours for you, else's. okay? Yeah. Oh, Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome, baby. Tell everyone how to find you. Oh, I am on Facebook, Jacqueline Slavin, and uh, Tree Critic at yahoo.com, and uh, Gratitude for You on YouTube. Very That's cool. It. All right, sweetheart. Beautiful job. Thank you for being here tonight. Oh. I, I will be participating in a cipher next Monday. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll get the, the, send you the, I don't know. I don't know how to get that out there, but, um, yeah. That's what I'll be doing next week, Monday, for the first time. Put, put the information on my page. I'd love to find out about what's going on. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. All right, sweetie. Thank you, hon. <laughs> Have a good All right. Bye bye. <laughs> you too. Bye bye, sweetie. Oh, she had, she did a great job on that piece tonight, especially for just writing it. I love that. All right, so we are going to check real quick with nine one nine again and see if they are there and can hear us. Nine one nine. Blah blah. Don't try this at, at home. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Hello? Hi, sweetie. Did you wake up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry, my dear, but I appreciate you coming back to me. Oh, no problem. You know what's really funny is, you know, Christopher, who's who hosts with me sometimes, right? He was um, hosting with me one night, and all of a sudden, we just we just start hearing this snoring, mm. really loud, and and we know, and so as soon as I, I was like, what is that? As soon as it dawned on me what it was, I like muted his line real fast, but he was hosting and. And was so tired and so worn out that he ended up falling asleep on the air. Uh, poor guy, I felt so bad. He was, he was just going, like, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right, it's okay. And he was just going, no, I can't believe I did that. But yeah, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. <laughs> so like, like yeah, I said, at least you were not snoring on us last week, so we're good. It's a, it can be a wait. You know, I really appreciate you guys holding on for as long as you do to get on the show, by the way. So go ahead. Tell us what you brought us, Grandville. Okay. I'm going to do, since this is Mother's Day coming up, I'm going to do the poem that I wrote for my grandmother called Manjiji Boy. I love this poem. Please, yes. Yes. Yeah. This poem is called Manjiji Boy. I was born on the eastern Caribbean island of St. Kitts, Upper Market Street, Bastille, to be exact. I was raised 
by my grandmother, Josephine Weeks, the second child of one Minerva Fleming of Portugal. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. There he goes. Who is that little black boy? And someone would reply, Manjiji, the old lady with the giddy trees in the yard. He is Manjiji's boy. He is Manjiji's boy. And I am Manjiji's boy. Yes. I am Manjiji's boy. In a two-room house, I was born on a Saturday. She, Manjiji, would say. And you were born hungry. Your mother did not want anything to eat the day before. You were born sucking your thumb. And I would listen as she would tell me how I began and have now become Manjiji's boy. And I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. The resources was meager, but by the time... I had realized this. She had already instilled in me a serious love for truth and discipline. And it gave me dignity. And I have my standards. Never follow a multitude to do evil, she would say. For broad is the road that leads to destruction and the road to righteousness is narrow. And I swear to you that if there is anything becoming about me, it is because I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. There were times when I would scoff at her teachings and look at her indignantly, thinking, foolish old woman. That's when she would say, Granville, John, think that I am stupid. The boy thinks that I am stupid. I did not say it, but I was thinking it, for to me, she is old, and she is a woman. That's when she would go, son, experience do not grow on trees. I love my grandmother, I love 
Manjiji, it goes without saying, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. Manners and discipline, she would say, can take you around the world. Never envy another for anything as it is the wooing of men. For there is nothing greater than contentment and enough is as good as a feast. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. And I will walk like Manjiji's boy. And I will talk like Manjiji's boy. And I will think like Manjiji's boy. And I will stand like Manjiji's boy. And carry myself like Manjiji's boy. For I am Manjiji's boy. Yes. I am Manjiji's boy. Thank you very much. That was, I love, I love uh, that poem. I loved it the very first time I heard you perform it, and I'm so glad that you read it tonight, you know, in honor of Mother's Day. And, I, I mean, first of all, I admire you so much as a writer. I mean, you think Thank about, you and, and please forgive me, because I know I'm, I'm going to butcher this and not get the lines right, but... You know, you're talking about her, and you say the lines when you said, you know, she says, um, there's nothing, and I'm going to say this wrong, I'm, forgive me, but there's nothing better than contentment, and is and enough is as good as a feast. Yeah. You know, that right there just tells you the wisdom and the sainthood that lived in that soul. You know, to look down at this young generation who's looking back up at it thinking, you know, you're stupid because you're old and still, you know, smiling, you know, and looking at you and knowing it's okay and teaching you these lessons. And, you know, and I I can picture you running down the road. I love that poem. That's probably my favorite piece of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my grandmother is the strength of my life. She, she... Made me what I am. Her, 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 her words of wisdom and and a lot of times she was talking and I was listening, but she she spoke anyway. Which which she would say she she would say she would say you. I'm gonna talk because you cannot stop your ears from hearing. You know, <laughs> and she would speak. You know, and you know sometimes woman has the tendency to speak over long. Mm-hmm. Because but but that is why. I tell people, woman has this gift of speech, and they speak and and they speak a lot, because <laughs> women are teachers. No, and, and but you see, it is is a becoming thing because women are teachers, and because if you have children, you're going to have to be a teacher because children's job is to learn, mm-hmm. and and not only and not only that, children don't hear very well, and you got to say it again. And again, and again, and again. So, woman gift of gab is well warranted because when you have children, you're going to have to talk a lot. 
<laughs> I, you love you. I love you. I'm so glad I came back and, and got you on the air. This has been awesome. I appreciate you so much. Yes, my dear. Love you tonight. I love you very much. You you are good for the business. I, I love I love I love the the way you handle every artist that comes on you. <laughs> you are very encouraging and uplifting. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I couldn't. It's many people could do your job, and I am one of them. <laughs> I couldn't do your job. <laughs> Actually, you know, I bet I bet you could. I bet you I you know, anyone can sit here and have fun listening to poems all night. You know, you guys do the hard work. <laughs> but I appreciate you so much. Thank you, baby, and we will see you next week. Yes, yes. Oh, tell yes. everyone how to find you. Oh, my name is Granville John Hedrington. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to hire me, I can perform for you for at least an hour, so you don't have to hire a lot of people. You could get me and I come to event and I wouldn't perform. I will entertain. Call me at nine one nine two six four three nine two six, and we'll discuss awesome. the deal. Now you're going to start getting obscene phone calls from the girls who just like your voice. Yes. Will you sit there and talk that, to me that, for an hour, please? <laughs> that is it. That is encouraged. You can call. <laughs> All right, my love. We will talk to you soon, sweetheart. Great job. Thank you very much, Nyla. Have a blessed evening. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye, sweetie. All right. I want to let area code 734 know that you are not in the lineup. If you're wanting to come on the air, please press 1. If you're just here listening, appreciate it, and uh, glad you're here. All right, let's go ahead and take our next caller, which comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good, Nala. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good, good, good. Um, I'm going to do a poem, actually this poem that, I'm going to do I've never done before. I've never read it or um, before or performed it. It's uh, it's called A Poem for Nada. Um, I don't know if you remember some years ago, maybe four or five years ago, there was a young Iranian uh, woman. Uh, she was a student. She was shot and murdered on national television. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Nada, and I, I was, you know, I, that I was, I was really affected by that. So I wrote this poem. And actually, I submitted this poem. Uh, they have, I guess, in, in somewhere in England, they have an annual reading uh, uh, of, of poetry, and they have a theme. And I submitted this poem, and it, it was actually read there. But I've never read it. I've never shared it, except then. So I'm going to do it now. Okay. It's called, it's called A Poem for Nida. Nida. Beautiful Nida. Your voice was silenced by the bullet of a coward. Your freedom of choice. Your human right to voice your opinions, express your ideals, define how it feels to be oppressed. 
suppressed by the tyranny of government that would dictate the fate of your people with no regard for their choices. They will silence their voices so the world would not know that the face they show does not reflect the truth. Nada, young and beautiful Nada, all you wanted was what was right. Your plight was not to overthrow, not to cast a blow of rebellion. You were not a terrorist or revolutionary. On the contrary, you were the face and voice of a people betrayed. And the whole world watched you take your last breath as you laid in the streets, your eyes watching your soul rise from your body, your ears hearing your name, as those around you pled for you to br- pled for you to breathe. My heart broke, my eyes filled with tears, and I cursed those who destroyed your, your dreams. I cursed those whose futile schemes to denounce you would not allow those who love you to mourn you and pay tribute to you, never realizing that the entire world mourns you and pays tribute to you. And over that, they have no control. Nada. Beautiful Nada. May your soul rest in peace at the right hand of your higher power. And may the power of your memory be the catalyst that unites your people and sets them free. End poem. That was beautiful. You know, anyone, I don't think anyone who has seen that video was not affected by it, did not. You know, I, I still remember. I still remember her looking at the camera. Yeah. I still, you know, I'll never forget that, you know. Neither will I. And, and you know, you you got it done. I mean, you you told the story perfectly well. You know, she was just a girl. Yeah. You know, who wanted something she, better. She, we all, you know, we should have the right to stand up and say I want something better. She was yeah. so young, you know. Yeah. But and the, she was a student, a college student. Yeah, everything ahead of her. Yeah. But I think that more than anything, do you know what I think if if I were her I would want people to understand that what we watched happen to her, it got a lot of play because she was young and she was beautiful and she was a college student, and it was such a freaking tragedy. But that happens every single day. Yeah, it does. You know, how many people does that happen to every single day? And she stands for all of them. She is a reminder of all of them. She wants you to know all of them. You know that's her. Yeah. That's her. That that that's her torch she's carrying now. Is when you yeah. think of things like that, think of all of them. It's just great piece. That's that's what I got out of it. So great job, honey. Thank you. I'm going to put a link to that video. I was trying to talk and, and do that at the same time. Um, Okay. In the chat room for later, in case somebody wants to, the one that I found that just real quick while we're talking um, to show okay. Dennis is in there, he'll see it. Anyone else come back and they'll see it later. But awesome job. So I need you to do me a favor, my love. I know mm-hmm. who you are, and I am such a groupie of yours and have been since we first met, but I need you to tell everyone who you are and how they can find you. 
Uh, my name is Melvin. I'm on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson. And I actually have a, a book coming out. It, it's uh, It should be out probably within the next month. Uh, Will you post the information for that on my page and keep me posted because I want one? Okay. Yes, entitled Tears from the Hood. Awesome. Yes, definitely keep us posted on that and all all the information on how we find it and where it's going to be and all that good stuff, okay? Very excited okay. for you, Melvin. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We'll all talk right. to you later, sweetheart. Okay. Bye-bye. I'll try to make it next week. Please do. Please do. Okay. All right. Our next caller comes from area code five eight five five eight five. You're on the air. Or actually, I just skipped one. So five eight five, you're on the air. After that, nine o three, you are next. Okay. And then eight o seven. Okay, but I have five eight five right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Doug Curry. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Doug. How are you doing, sweetheart? All right, all right. I'm enjoying the poetry and the commentary while we come in on a Thursday night just to hear both. Um, well, let's say from the beginning that I can be found on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry, and under the name of my radio program, Blacks and Blues. On Facebook, I can be heard on my program, Blacks and Blues, on Friday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time at WRUR.org. Also on Saturday night at 10 o'clock Central Time for one hour at WDCB.org. I can be found, my writings can be found at allpoetry.com under the name of Manchild99. And, of course, I'm here every Thursday night with Nyla, who I adore, and all of the poets who come here, too, because they adore you, too. So I wrote this poem yesterday. And uh, actually, I got a chance to read it somewhere tonight. So here it is. It's called Wonder What That Was. This poem has some language in it right off the bat. Selling pussy for a joke. Innocence gone. Dark path made. And as obvious as a subway's third rail. Danger to you. Sold mama's pain prescription and her money to buy more. And sold those pills to nickels and dimes right in her courtyard. Pulling four dollars in two bags from the pockets of a twitching, dying junkie who caught a dose too strong. Run away wondering where he caught. I'm sorry. A scar over your left eye, carrying a bullet in your left. Front teeth knocked out long ago by a gorilla pimp. Squatting in alleys to pee or kneeling to turn a trick, smelling your own foul odor, stinking, junky bitch. Dead faces follow you around, the ODs, the girls turned out, hoeing, the boys you knew locked away, the friends, family that you fucked over. 
You missed the beauty of blackness, but we're right on time for the Rockefeller laws, the war on drugs, the Clintons. You're a miraculous survivor. Your forecast calls for no more. Gray clouds have gone away except in your addled mind. The newsman reports sadly of a record opioid epidemic and makes you wonder what was that in the Bronx in 1967 and poem. <laughs> you know, every time you open your mouth, I become a bigger and bigger and bigger fan. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I am. I am serious. I, y- you, listening to your writing, people, please turn off your cell phones and everything prior to the show. Um, hang on. Hello, Sean. Hi, I'm on my radio show, and so are you. So you want me to call you when I get done? Yeah, did you get your Mother's Day flowers? I did get my Mother's Day flowers. I love them. Thank you. You're welcome. That's all I was calling for. I love you. I love you. I'll call you when I get off the show, baby. All right, Mommy. <laughs> Bye, honey. Bye. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was so rude. But I couldn't not answer it. It was my son. <laughs> I swore that I... Uh, muted my phone before the show folks <laughs> but that was my son i'm so glad you got to meet him yeah. <laughs> so doug anyway what i was saying was um every time you read it's like a it's like it's a series like it is such a vivid look through your eyes that it's like like a, a tv show series a netflix original you know, I, I almost feel like I should call Netflix and say, hey, you need to sit down and talk to this guy and just, like, shoot a series about life on his block and through his eyes. Well, that would and, and I know be that, bad. <laughs> that, that what? Bad. I say, I guess that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's yeah, exactly I, the – I look forward to the next – every time – I you know I I'm constant I I do I look forward to the next thing that you're going to read because I want to know what you're going to introduce me to next what I'm going to experience next what I'm going to feel or see or what you're going to let me touch next I mean it's it's just phenomenal I love your writing I, I appreciate you saying so I would say to you about that yeah it's all kind of episodic um, and the stuff that everybody sees but. Everybody sees so much of the big picture till they they miss all of the micro dots that add up to the black and shades of gray. Um, You know, I've been thinking and thinking, and and it it initially just offended me right off the bat to hear that we're in an opioid epidemic. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Are you you really kidding me that this is an opioid epidemic? No, that was an opioid epidemic. That was an opioid epidemic. When you watch kids who were 12, 13 years old that were your playmates one one year, and the next year they were across the street with some other people that you shouldn't be bothered with, and they kind of waved at you but kind of ignored you because they were all in the, they, you know, they were all down, they were all junkies. And this was pervasive. This was New York City in the 1960s. That was an opioid epidemic when the black radio station gave you the death count from heroin 
at the same, you know, in one breath they gave you the death count from Vietnam, and the next breath they gave you the death count in New York City from heroin overdoses. That was an opioid epidemic. What this is is, is you know, somebody who overstepped some privileges and got caught. But now it's a big deal. <laughs> that and, 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 do you, and do you know you you? I was going to comment on that, and then I decided not to because I didn't know how it would sound. But you just said it perfectly. You know, back then they didn't talk about it being an epidemic, because who was it? It was the black neighborhoods. It was the hippies. It was the you know nobody cared about that. Nobody cared you know about them at that era. But now that it's the the governor's son and it's the you know the the banker's daughter getting mixed up now all of a sudden it's big news and 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 all they're really trying to do is whitewash it and make it you know now it's just part of this big epidemic the shock factors and i mean if you sat there today and said that guy is a heroin addict it is not going to have the emotional or societal impact on you that saying someone was a heroin addict back in the 60s yes yeah yeah I mean, and what they and that kind of thinking, you know, allows for sympathy. And you know, everybody, you know, every, everything anybody does wrong nowadays, it's some kind of a victim. Okay, I got it. Okay, and I'd rather see people be taken care of than to see them stored away and warehoused away in prison. Prison. But you know what? I would have rather seen that back then too. But it didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. And whole neighborhoods decimated, you know, burn out houses because people wouldn't live in the neighborhood any longer and therefore the landlord wouldn't keep them up and it was what was called in New York City Jewish lightning. Next thing you know, a seven-story high-rise went up because the landlord wasn't going to keep it up anymore and he needed out. And that's when you start hearing stories about the the, the South Bronx and Port Apache, the Bronx, and all that kind of stuff, and it was it was just the the decimation of uh, of of the, the inner city due to drugs and the benign neglect and the looking the other way and the complicity between the mob and the powers that be that it was okay if it was just in the black neighborhood. That's how that was, but now for opioid epidemic bullshit. So I was just trying to find a way to approach that, you know, and no better way to approach the tragedy than through the eyes of a single person, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You make it extremely tangible. Well, I hope to do that. I'm glad to hear you say that I made it, at least, you know, to some extent. (laughs) You did. You did. All right, Doug, my sweetheart, please do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come over and find you. Okay. Again, I'm on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry, and uh, I have poems posted there. If you go on Facebook, you can find my poems in my notes. And also, I'm on uh, allpoetry.com under manchild99, and and I invite you to tune into my blues radio program, Blacks and Blues. Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time at WRUR.org. Saturday night, one hour at 10 o'clock in Chicago at WDCB.org. So I would love to have you. And I do appreciate everyone who participates in this show and the opportunity for myself to do so. Thank you so much, sweetheart. It means a lot for us to have you here. And we'll talk to you next week. 
Okay, hon. Will do. All right. Thank you, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 80, or excuse me, 903. 903, you're on the air. 903, are you with me? So your phone might be muted. Sorry, I muted myself. Hello, Nyla. This is Eric <laughs> Nelson, Manly Showman. How are you doing? Hey, sweetie. How are you doing? Uh, I'm beyond exhausted, uh, tired, filthy. I had to oh. wash an 18-wheeler on and all of it and underneath the underside, too. So. Dang. Well, let's hear what wash. you have to share with us tonight, and then you can go jump in a nice warm shower. Yeah, and then I can go eat some. Then too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this is not titled. It's one of my ABC poems from my first book. It's called Diversify and Enlighten Your Alphabet. All right. Alchemy beget chemistry, dogmatism enabled fundamentalism, globalism heightened imperialism, jingoism killed logicism, monarchy notions, objectivism, perfectionism, quarantine realism. Secularism, torched universalism, volunteerism, wittily, simophonically yearned Sorastrianism. That's in peace. <laughs> that was phenomenal. How fun are those to write? Uh, they're pretty fun. Um, when I first wrote my first book, that was back in uh, 2012 and 13, and uh, I actually forced myself to write two every night, and I was working two jobs. I was a plumber's hand and construction hand, and construction hand, and I was working all the time. And uh, I it got so bad to where uh, I could I could only drink two beers, and then I passed out. But I still made myself wake up at midnight. So, but yeah, they're pretty fun. They're challenging. I've already written. Over a hundred, so it sounds like uh, it was a lot of fun. They they become easy after a while, but they're still a pain, I guess, to some extent. So, <laughs> all right, do me a favor, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you. All right, this is uh, Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on Facebook, Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. I have a poet page. It's poet Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. I'm on YouTube. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. I just recently got uh, poem hunt, poemhunter.com. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. And I'm on Twitter. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. That's about it. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job. We'll see you next week. Yep, more than likely. I right. uh, should be getting off fairly early. I had to, uh, I had a weird experience at work, but uh, I got told right right as soon as I got told that I was leaving, I got told I had to get a ride. So uh, my coworker usually gives me a ride, but they had to stay later. So That's crazy. All right. Yeah. Well, we will be glad to hear from you next week, hon. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for You're the platform. Welcome. And uh, you guys have a good night. And I'll talk to you next week. All right. You bye. Too, sweetie. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How goes? Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Photographing like mad now. <laughs> no, I now know. I keep getting posts come. about new films and stuff. You're just having a ball. I know. What's that? 
the last part? I said you're <laughs> oh, having a ball. ball. Okay. Yeah. We're we're the I'm the worst for talking over you. I don't know. You're the only person that talks as much as I do, so <laughs> it, it's 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 uh, quite hard to direct traffic between the two of us when we talk. Well, impossible, really. Let's face it. <laughs> you know what's really really anyway. funny is when I'm not on the show, I'm actually really quiet. I find that hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> it's it's the truth. I, yeah. I'm actually pretty quiet. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, well, we all have those particular times like that. So, uh, yeah, I have something here actually for you, uh, Dark Star slash Star Severon, and uh, my friend Jeannie, who uh, because you all are photographers, and it's, I would say that you've all in, encouraged me in some way or another for that new passion of mine, and. Uh, and you've uh, bared me when I've gotten manic with it, <laughs> as, I, as I often do with uh, my uh, with my projects and that. <laughs> oh God, another link from Robbie. Uh, so anyways, this is called uh, Releasing the Shutter. And I just wrote this for you guys like, uh, I don't know, I think it was like half an hour before I called in. <clears throat> so here we go. Releasing the Shutter. I press the shutter, then release as light cascades bouncing off mirrors, releasing the potential, the imprint of the world inside and outside. Whether with film or with sensor, I seek out the world outside, seeking to capture, to paint it with light in all its glory, every detail laid bare, laid raw before my view. I balance the light with skill as I determine the amount of light that floods in, through aperture and sensitivity, I gauge the values of light that strike the medium, whatever it may be, hoping to catch their per- that perfect moment, whether in standstill or in blur. So many variations of the theme there are, the themes of people, nature, and everything in between. They present themselves in the viewfinder as I press the shutter, then release, my faith in light and color thus renewed. And so that is releasing the shutter. And I did like ad lib editorials while I was writing it, which, while I was reading it just now, which is crazy. And so that's for you, uh, Dark Star, Star Severon, and, um, and uh, Jeannie. That was phenomenal. And I know it's really been fun watching you go from brand new. And I, I remember I used to always challenge you to. Because I said, you know, I, I knew that you could express yourself visually. I I always encourage you to pick up your camera, you know, and I know you've got a lot of encouragement in that. And I'm really glad because look what has happened. Look at the journey that you've gone on. You know, you're not just a writer. None of us are just writers. We are creative beings, you know, and that's why I always push people to get out of their comfort zones because, you know, this is something you were brand new at and have not been doing for very long. And look how much you've explored and discovered and experienced and have learned and grown, you know, because you dared to step out and try something new. Get your hands dirty. Make messy with your muse. You know, that's what I'm always encouraging people to do. But I love that even though you're writing about taking photog- taking being a photographer, you know, the art of photography, taking pictures, what the process is like for you. It still sounded like an erotic poem. And <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> and it's a like, little bit of voyeurism in there. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. 
but it really wasn't. I mean, there was nothing erotic about that poem. But the way you presented it, the way you wrote it, it had those undertones in it. And what I love about that, and the reason I'm bringing it up and, and being so silly about it, is because that's the way you live life. You are a true artistic creature. That What's is different, that than, thing different than most of the creatures who walk through this world. And so you can't help but walk through this world being the creature you are, being that passionate individual. And everything is like that. Everything is exciting and different and, and you know, tantalizing and phenomenal. And you, you view the world this way, and it comes through in your writing, in everything that you touch. And that's one of the things that, for me, getting to know you over all these years and and our friendship developing, us growing as people, watching you grow, all of this stuff. It's one of the things that I've always enjoyed so much and has been the most inspirational thing about our friendship is the passion that you evoke in everything around you. Just fantastic job at being you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're always, welcome. It's... Uh... It's always encouraging to hear that, and you know, when it with it in regards to being, it being sort of erotic. It's to me, it's like sensual, but in the most broad sense, like just, just that, um, like you say, like just that excitement, and and the enthusiasm, and uh, and that, and it's to me that's why it sounds like <clears throat> it has that tone to it. It's it's not like erotic. It could be a word that you use. But I, I would say sensual in, in just the broadest sense of just just being so excited and everything about it. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, photography has been more important than other mediums because it's what my dad has done, and he can't do it anymore uh, for various physical and mental reasons. And uh, so I'm carrying on his legacy, and he's re- he's happy to see that. And, uh, like, I got a Fuji Instax camera for him so that um, he can take uh, pictures outside like they take him out of his room and they bring him outside and uh, although i have to get work around the logistics around that because there's not there's a shortage of workers as there are in so many of those uh so many of those homes and all that so but yeah it's 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 been so important to me because of that and uh it's nice to go back to film because film is more hands-on and i would say film has a, a more natural look to it and just from a technical standpoint, it has it does have some advantages like higher dynamic range and all that. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that's my little spiel on uh, on photography and and why I like it so much and everything. I tried to keep all it right. short, Nyla. I really did. <laughs> you did well. <laughs> Do me a favor, tell everyone how to find you. Uh, I can be found at Facebook under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry, uh, but right now uh, the best way, well permanently pretty much uh the best way to just see what everything i do is just to google robbie's multimedia poetry just because i'm under a lot of things now and instagram is my newest one so if you want to go to robbie's multimedia poetry on instagram you'll see it's all phone photography and it's it's all it's uh, quite varied <laughs> very cool all right baby we'll talk to you next week yeah, and and no doubt you'll see some photography links <laughs> by that time. And I always apologize in advance for my mania, but you know how I get when I get on from my. Things. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much that you share, honey. Thank you.
<laughs> okay. Have a good All night. right, Robbie. You too. Bye, Bye hun. All right, our next caller comes from area code 646-616. You're on the air. Good evening. Hello. How are you? Um, there we go. There we go. Um, ah, okay, this is, I'm going to get into it because I'm kind of getting out to get ready for work. So this is Joseph uh, Nathaniel came on uh, Facebook, and I guess Google or my work will pop up as a pop-up. Um, always a pleasure to be on your show. And like I said, this is my workshop from hearing every artist. I feel like I'm with my pen and pad and taking notes. Um, this piece doesn't have a title, so. I was incarcerated. I was not free. I learned freedom when I took my pen and pad. I learned how to be free from the cage because my thoughts and my pen now became my mind and my tongue because it's to talk and everything will be written. It was to speak and everything will be understood. It was to breathe and everything will be. You see, the times that we spent and the spending time that we forsake, it's like breathing the puzzles of the edges to form the middle. It's like understanding that that pebble that you splashed into the lake is like finding how quick the rain falls to your forehead. It's like understanding how time and your thoughts manipulate the way you breathe. It's like taking what you thought you couldn't be and living what you are. Then you look back and realize nobody's behind you pushing you. It's everything that you've been through. And peace. That was phenomenal. I am so glad you were able to call in. You've held on this long. We're able to get on and read tonight. Thank you. Uh, you know, I was kind of rushed, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, you are incredible, love. Do me a favor again. Tell everyone your Facebook page again. Um, Joseph Nathaniel King Jr. Um, and I'll be back next week, of course. Joseph, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And be careful on your way to work, okay? See you The show is amazing. So that's for all the callers and everybody who's listening. Thank you, baby. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, have a good night. You too. Bye. All righty. Our next caller. I want to let area code 734 know that you are not in the lineup. If you've not read yet and you want to read tonight, please press 1, 734. I'm going to go ahead and bring on 608. 608, are you with us? Hey, Fuzzy Irwin in the woods here. I thought I was going to have to jump a freaking plane. Yeah, I know. In last couple of weeks, been a little screwy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> so I got really tired last week. Um, and I didn't write the piece that I wanted to read, but um, our uh, one of our uh, dear writer friends found a couple of old pieces of mine from a long time ago and commented on them. 
And so I'm going to read one. Actually, I may have read this a few months ago, but I just really like it a lot. So I'm going to read it. It's uh, entitled, can you hear me okay? We can. Okay. All right, good. Um, It's called uh, Releasing the Soul. The silence speaks to me. It calls to me away from the noise, away from society. I have broken my ties from my past, and I do my best to look forward. But more often, I get stuck. Past events that haunt my being, emotions that crave to be expressed. Some are just feelings without voice, waiting for the right moment for their freedom. I journey inward to rescue my soul. It ran away 17 years ago. Now it's almost 27. And it still hides in the shadows most days. But it comes out at night when the wolves howl unafraid because they are my brothers and sisters of truth and light. They teach me the old ways, knowledge most have forgotten, and others reject this knowledge. That's my place. Others reject this knowledge out of fear. I'm reading this off of screenshots. Um, Maybe that's why they fear me or at least why they keep their distance. The wolf does not bite unless it's hungry. I do not feed on humans, for their taste is tainted with greed, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, arrogance, omnipotence, and dishonesty. Sometimes I cry for them. Sometimes I feel disdain. Sometimes I feel rage, and sometimes I just feel sad. Most have lost their way, disconnected from the essence of life, housed in concrete and plastic jungles. They fear nature. They fear where their ancestors came from. They fear their past, doomed to repeat it over and over and over lost souls seeking life and fulfillment in and through inanimate objects, automatons, sheeple, being led to their slaughter by the most vocal of extremists. Do they fear to think for themselves? I believe some do. And some were trained by their parents to never question authority. I say... Question everything and everyone. Question everything you have ever been taught, especially what you were force-fed. Did the blind lead the blind? Did the blind fear to lead? Open your heart, your eyes and your hearts. Open your souls. You can see with your eyes closed, but do you see the truth? Or are you too afraid to acknowledge 
who you have become. Are you a carbon copy of your parents? Or have you become your own individual self? It's easy to follow in someone else's footsteps. Do you have the courage to make your own path? Break free from the mundane and common. Be true to yourself. It's your life, not your parents or anyone else's. Can you hear your small voice inside? The one that speaks to you when no one else is near. It speaks your truth. It is your soul, an ancient voice that calls to be set free. Will you listen or will you ignore its cries? If you ignore it, it will eat you emotionally from inside out, even when you sleep. Sit and breathe. Feel your energy radiate from within. It radiates outwards even beyond your physical being, and touches everything. Do you want to radiate the cries, pain, the loss, the rage of an imprisoned soul? Or do you desire to choose to radiate truth and joy of your freed soul? End poem. Always questioning us, always making us question ourselves, our humanity, you know, giving us strength, giving us courage. Great right, sweetheart. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. So, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can give you loves. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces, in the Facebook search box, and you'll find me there along with a cool composite picture Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S. And now I just forgot. Oh, it's, uh, it also has some cool art in it. And I, have a, I do have a YouTube channel, but it only has one piece on it right now. I just haven't gotten back to, to working on uh, recording some more stuff. Well, you, can do, do that that you can do that because I could put some of yours up on the show's library. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I have the I have the one. I suppose I could send that to you, or you could pull it off of YouTube. It's just under mm-hmm. one sapien. Um, yeah, I was <clears throat> next one. I was planning on doing one. Actually, the one that's there is oh, that's the one that that uh, um oh Shelley found about a month ago. Um, no, it's almost two months ago now, I think. Yeah. That was one around the first time, one of the first times she called, I think. And then uh next one I want to do, I think, is going to be Ghost, because I like reading that one. Which is in, I believe that one's in the book. And maybe I'll get around to 
reading the commando poem too. And this one, uh, lots to choose from. You just have to stop procrastinating and get at it. <laughs> All right, my dear. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy it, it didn't rain yet, but it was cloudy today, and it actually was only in the 60s, which is actually what its average temperatures are for highs right now. It was really nice because it was like 80 three days, two or three days in a row. But then we're going to go back into the 80s again on Monday. So we living in the twilight zone in central Wisconsin. It's the tundra in, in uh, it's an extended part of our cousin of the great white north during the wintertime. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Are you laughing? I'm laughing. I I am. I am laughing. Okay. All right, sweetie. Okay. I'm I'm going to wrap this up for the night, but you will be okay. here next week, right? Or am I going to have to come yes. find you again? No, 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 no. Just making sure, just making sure. You know, I, yeah. I watch out for you. All right. Yeah, oh, thank now you. I remember Great. you commented on my page, yeah. This is what yep. happened was is it got hot. That's what happened. It just, bam, it just, like two days, it went from really nice to blazing hot and humid, and it just wiped me out. That's what I ended up saying on a reply the next day after I got yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Summertime's rough. But I'm glad you're here tonight, and I will post a comment and keep you awake next week, all right? Okay. All right, then. <laughs> Thank Sounds you, good. James. Thanks, Appreciate it Thanks, so everybody. much. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's been a fantastic night tonight. I want to thank all the poets for coming here and sharing and all those who came and uh, just hung out with us and listened tonight. Fantastic. I am going to close the show with one of my favorite poets um, of this. Oh, where did it go? I had it a second ago. Now it's gone. There it is. All right. So one of my very favorite poets of our, our um, Billy Collins. He's incredible. Uh, this is on YouTube if you want to find it. I think it's amazing because it's kind of an, I don't know if he explains it at the beginning, but this is in response to, uh, you know, all those poems that say, you, you are the apple of my eye. Your hair is like corn silk. You are my everything. And, you know, those overly praiseful love poems. He wrote this in response to that. I just think it's beautiful. I love this piece. I cannot tell you how much. So this is Billy Collins with Litany. You can check him out on YouTube. Just Google him. He's everywhere. Um, Poet laureate of the world. Um, But one one of our great contemporary poets. So here we go. Billy Collins, Litany, and I will see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. For a TV, the world is thinking. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight daylight, um, crimes, just knocking over a jewelry store at noon, but another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem, 
and rewrite it for them, which is, uh, this is, this is done out of courtesy, uh, to, when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and, and, and improve upon it that way, so. So this is, a, uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine, and uh, it's a series of uh, comparisons in which uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in, in, in Western love poetry, uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot. You um, you make headway, and um, the um, so he uh, his poem really is a wheel spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons. About 40 lines of just the same stuff. You're like you know this, you're this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, "You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine." Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air there is no way you are the pine-scented air. <laughs> it is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know, speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. <laughs> I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife, not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. <laughs> 